Okay. Y'all, everybody can hear me? Rebecca, I'm unmuting you. Or unmute yourself. Okay, great. All right. Welcome to the first episode of Tea Time with Olay. We are going to have uh, fun. I am hoping to have things about politics, pop culture, everything in between, and give everybody a chance to be able to talk to me directly, ask me whatever questions, have the kind of conversations y'all want to have in a very lighthearted, non-antagonistic, incredibly serious political environment. So I am hype. And I'm glad to see people joining from Leftist Mafia. I love that. It makes me feel listened to. <laughs> so for this first episode, I have as my guest host is Rebecca Azor, who is um, hey. first of all, my love and friend. She hosts the Like <laughs> It or Not show with um, on Benjamin D Dixon's network with uh, also DJ James Bubba Williams, who we love to death. And so I'm really, really glad that she decided to join me for this first episode. Girl, I am glad to be here. We had such a blast when you invited me on to the leftist, leftist mafia earlier. And this, I'm so glad to be here with you on because I'm so proud of you for go ahead and, and doing your own thing. And you invited me as your first guest. So I am honored, girl. I am honored. Thank you. Yes. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to let y'all know right now I have, we're going to talk about a lot of things. I know I'm talking about Gabrielle Union, everything they've had to say about that. I want to mm -hmm. talk about Damara Hamlin. I want to talk about the Best Man final chapters. If y'all haven't seen it, um, I'm going to try to put it towards the end. So no spoilers, break your heart because you need to see it. It's amazing. But I'm going to start with answering uh, a few questions or taking some callers and seeing what y'all want to talk about right quick before we get into anything. So let's do this. Oh, wow. I feel like Martin, um, when he had... Like, let me let me take next caller. How does this work? <laughs> well, oh, your next caller or whatever he did in the beginning. He was he, he was a fool. Can I take yeah. them? Oh shit! I got rid of. I think I might have fucked this up. I meant to Girl. take uh, who, whoever was just there. Thank you. You figured it out. You come back. I don't I don't know how I do it. I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I'm figuring it out. Y'all give me a second. This is it's new to Girl. me. Invite to speak. There we got it. Hi Molly. Hi. I honestly just came to like soak up here hearing you in real life so i don't really oh, have a question <laughs> i appreciate that you didn't say brilliance and hold me to too high of a standard because well, you are but i'm not gonna <laughs> fangirl too much right now <laughs> oh thank you Bu. thank you Bu. i love love i'm a leo pander right to me <laughs> yeah. all right is that you Bu? because then i'm going to move yes. it next tag next caller there we go invite to speak uh there we go I think I got this. Yar, unmute yourself. Fuck. Oh, oh there. There okay. we go. I'm also <laughs> just, I literally just downloaded this app. So, um, just because right. I was listening to Laptis Mafia and I was so like, excuse me. Um, no, I was just saying, like, I really loved the love that you and Rebecca were showing each other and um, the conversation that was just happening um, about... Uh, Jesus, you touched on so many things. I don't even know which one I want to ask about. Um, uh, I guess, like, there was, like, a section where there were, you guys were talking about, like, um, the whole, you know, uh, like, black men attacking black women for dating white men. Mm -hmm. And, like, what... Oh, you're trying to get me canceled at the top of my show. On here, oh, I don't know if I can swear on here. Oh, you want <laughs> to smoke, just, like, and smoke immediately. Damn double standard. It's bullshit. Like, mm. they be out here dating all these white women, and, like, mm. we're not allowed to, like, date, you know? 
I can oh, literally feel. I can literally feel the pitchfork sharpening. Like Girl, I literally, no, like what, what are you saying? Out here, trying to be like no. But yeah. um, anyways, also just came in to listen. Um, you are right because are. I also loved your energy, but I really wanted to like dig more into that topic because it really pisses me off. Okay. Um. Okay. <laughs> you know what? I I guess let's go. I guess we're going there. Okay. <laughs> well, let's uh, look, Olay. You can start it off because I'm trying to see. I ain't. I. I ain't. Let look me at see. Some. Immediately, like, let me distance myself from this narrative. I've never been yeah, with no white man. Yara, thank thank you for bringing that question. But I'm gonna see how Olay gonna handle this, and then I'll jump in. I'm gonna see. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> oh Lord. Okay. Ah, uh, this is. Ah, uh, let's see how we're gonna address this. Hmm. Okay. Listen, I think there's a I think there's a big difference between um, people people thinking the proximity to whiteness, white their desirability, you know, looking at whiteness or getting a white woman or these kinds of things as status and um, symbols. And, you know, the closer you get to certain success or looking at, you know, being with a white woman versus being with black women. Uh, I think there's a difference between that and how we, you know, I think rightfully criticize black men that to do that, that, you know, put white women on a pedestal and look down on black women. I think that is different than um, black women that just don't feel or maybe don't feel as you know, loved and, and celebrated or des- desired by Black men or feel like they need to open up their dating pool to other to other races. Um, so I think there is there is there that distinction. Um, I am going to say in the same way that there are, I'm going to acknowledge, I want to be fair, nobody put your pitchforks down. Um, for the same way that there are Black men that look at, you know, they want to be with white women or they look at white women as, as this, uh, you know, accomplishment, there are certainly those black women too and you know who they are their hair looks crazy their weave is down bad oh my their, god their leave out is brittle you know who they Candace are right it, it, listen they you know who, you know who, who they are um in my case i know for me there is a level of you know i was talking about it in reference on the show to husband being the number one google search for my name because because i am somebody who is very pro-black and my politics are black um and very, very that there is this desire on the parts of some people to see if I'm with a white man in order to say, oh, see, it's fake, it's this, it's performative, it's whatever it is. Um, and I will say that for the record, I am not with no white man. Let me just put that out there right now that you don't don't put no charges on me. But even um, if you were, though, like, I, I, what but it's important to know that I am not. <laughs> 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 you know, I'm just saying I'm not I'm, not with the white man. Oh, all right, and that is not, not being a white man. That does not mean that the charge. I'm not saying that I never have been. No, you know, no, nobody try. I'm not. I don't want nobody. Let's keep the charges really confined. Okay, the charge is not. You can't levy that against me. Uh, um, now, but I do think it is. Inf- I think it is generally unfair to act as though. Um somebody cannot be pro like they can't be pro black or care about their community and be racially aware or be conscious and be with a white person or be with a non black person. Exactly. Now I do think there is something to recognizing maybe if you see in mass, I think I think it's I don't think it's inherently wrong to question a trend of constantly seeing all these pro pro black people and then, you know, nobody in their life they date is that. Like I know, you know, even I had when uh, and I love him. This is no negative, no open up, no drags for him. My boy, Tre- Trevor Noah, when he did his, you know, letter, his ode to black women mm-hmm. the other day. But you and I and everybody and their mama know you ain't never seen Trevor with no <laughs> black woman. Um, so, you know, I think it's an interesting point of view. 
you know, to talk about, you know, I love this all day long, but you ain't, you don't never have that in your house, not any death out of the day, but you know, I, I yes, it's unfair because they will, the same people, they will, you know, especially in the Serena Williams, they are, they drag Serena and these people and Amber Ruffin and Quinta Brunson and everybody, yes. you know, that's with white men, despite the fact that they know generally the black community, um, you know, has internalized the same level of anti-blackness and so has never looked at those women as peak desirability. And so, you know, what their options may or may not be, it's definitely unfair. It's definitely unfair. Um, exactly. Like Serena Williams, like, yeah. I'm like, you know, yeah. black men probably weren't you know out here trying to get her but, and then like she got this loving white man and then they're like you traitor and i'm like no she yeah but i also i guess i feel compelled to push back on the the narrative i will say this i think it is a little bit i think we have carried it a little bit to the opposite of the extreme of painting this like well the black men you know treat treat them like this or whatever. So they go to like, unless I don't, you know, I feel like a lot of people that say that and mythologize what is dating interracially and white dating have never dated white men. Um, and as somebody who um, has, has, has definitely been on a cross, sitting across from some white men, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, um, that ain't no fucking true. This whole idea that black men are, you know, some aspect, everything you don't like about black men, white men are doing, except now with also racism and bullshit and internalized. Like, let's stop the cap. Let's stop the bullshit. Like, everybody, mm-hmm. you know, you must not know nobody in nobody's interracial relationships. It ain't, it's not, you know, it ain't all that. So, yeah. But yes, it's a very a complicated topic. It is unfair the way we come across mm-hmm. it. But I would say the black community in general, um, in general, the black community is not particularly keen on interracial dating for a lot of reasons that are not illegitimate. Um, that are not illegitimate. I think from the perspective of black, like black women have always been raised historically. That's you've been raised for the idea, you know, to love a black man, to take a black man, to protect a black man, to be this for a black man. So obviously, and we are statistically, we we date least outside of our races for two for two reasons. One, we are statistically the least desired group group, you know, for women, which is fucked up. But it is true, right? We're and we're like I think the only group who's our own actually white men too. White men don't you know white men don't feel pretty great about white women just statistically either. But we 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 have that issue of we're also not being perceived positively by other groups in terms of our desirability, but also. We also are conditioned historically. We don't we don't necessarily we don't usually the average black woman doesn't want to date outside of her race. Um, so I think that is something that's going to make you rightfully resentful when um, your men are dating outside your race. And the flip side of that for black men. Also, I think they see and I think that this is true, too. I think this criticism, I think there is a level of holding white men to holding black men to a difference and a a higher kind of standard. Like if you notice it very often, besides the cute little TikTok couples and blah, blah, blah. And I'm, and we're all, I think anybody who's dated interracially is guilty of this. Um, it'll be a white guy, like these white guys don't be, they don't be no peach on the beach. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't be the cutest. Like you and I both know that if you were, if what this white man's looks and stuff is actually hidden for, you wouldn't even fucking glance at the black male equivalent of what this white man is bringing to the table, but you've lowered your fucking standard for whatever. I think there is some level of, you know, they're right to feel that way that, you know, we ride them, we on their dick, they have all these issues, you know what I mean? All these different, um, you know, constraints and restraints in society. And yet, there's a certain amount of grace that we're not speaking of them with, but we have the fucking nerve to talk about, you know, like literally the kings of misogyny, colonialism, violence, and patriarchy. Like they're the fucking second coming of I'ma treat you nice. You know, so I think black men have a right to feel a way there too, you know. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's it's new. I think it's a lot more nuanced than our online conversations lead us to believe. Um, yeah, and, and I think, I think you know, in, when you speak in generalizations, there are always going to be those issues. My daddy is somebody 
who very much so can stand black women that are with white men, like he will automatically assume you. He's Nigerian. But if, yeah, for sure. But if it's his daughter, he knows I'm not a coon, so he wouldn't have a problem with it. The same thing he would evaluate <laughs> as a general. You know what I'm saying? And make anybody side eye. Like, you know, I, I, think, I think this whole conversation, it's, it's very complex, right? But I say yeah. this. Um, I've dated white. I ain't gonna hold you. I have. Um, and it's different. Um, like Russian, y'all. Russian, Russian. But I will say, like, this conversation, it can go. I, I don't know if it's it's the, it's how we're seeing it on social media right now that makes it look more like these Again, it's men just getting microphones and talking they mess about, oh, you know, white women are X, Y, and Z compared to black women. It's it's these men with the microphones. It's them just getting online, ordering on Amazon, getting these microphones. But I've heard women doing having the same conversations. On both sides, I feel like it's very problematic. I will say that. I'm gonna just give it to you give it to you like that. Yeah. I think you should date who who you wanna date. I think it comes problematic when we start acting like there's something special on the other side of it. Yeah. I, I, th- that's when it's be like when you're knocking down the black woman or you're knocking down the black man so that's that's what i think i I don't think like when black women date white men they don't knock black men but when black men are dating white women they're be knocking like black women and so i think that for me is just problematic but you guys are right it's a very nuanced conversation and you know but mm-hmm. I just I just have a lot of problems with like black men that have issues with black women dating white men. I Listen, just... as someone who's been called a bad wench um multiple <laughs> times online. Oh yeah. For no because yeah. I w- I did a I did a podcast with somebody else and not me. Another another black girl. I was just in the I'm just on the screen with her. She <laughs> said she made a joke and she was like talking about the different things she has to ask to screen her dates. No, it was not Rebecca. She said, um, she said, Oh, I gotta ask them where were they January 6th? And and listen to me. The whole taps heard that and heard if you was dating black men, you would never have to ask no shit like that. And they call me a bad wench for 72 hours for just being sitting next to us. So I will say I'm very partial. And like sympathetic to that plight, and I like I have, um, I have dated white men before, and I want to be clear that it's not something I'm ever doing again in this life. Um, and that's not because like oh I did it one and done or something like no no I I, I listen I I'm I've 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 studied I've studied them I know good and well on many levels it's not for me but I I will say on the flip side of um yes black men will slander black women who are with white men or talk about them or talk about black women in a way that when talk about black women disparagingly because they're dating white women. But I have a friend who is a coon in reform. Um, <laughs> no, she, she, yeah, no, she is. Um, and I, listen, I'm telling you, she say some uncle ruckus shit on a Listen, I'm telling you, um, and she dates white men. And if you hear the fucking shit that comes you out still of her friend, I'm surprised about, that your relationship is lasting this long. I said in reform. Okay. okay. I'm working okay. on her. I'm okay. You got her best. on parole too. So you got her on parole. I'm doing my best. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm doing my best. She's come so far. <laughs> I'm trying to rehab her. <sighs> but I'm going to tell you some shit. She has said, done, and treated my good fair niggas in such a way that I've been like, Hmm. It's it's to the point where I'm like, yo, I don't actually think I wanted to date black men because I don't think they deserve this kind of abuse. 
from this internalized auntie black. So, <laughs> so I'm going to say that I want you to know you, you might not be fortunate to know, to know the women hoteps, to know the coons. Oh, I was so just going to say, the might... yeah. And that's who's leading these, the charge of these conversations. I'm going to be yes. honest. And that's, yes. and, and this is where I feel, you know, other people get this in their mind that this is this is what's happening. It's happening on the internet in real life, like you said, Olay. We dating the black men, okay, and, yeah. and 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 vice versa. Um, whoever decides to date outside of that, that's fine. It just becomes problematic when the men get the when the men and the women. And I just think them. you also have to know yourself. Yes, and and if you want to go and date that, that's it. That, yeah. That's it. Like, don't do it because it's a um, it's good for TikTok. It makes you money. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think there's a certain level of, you're going to have issues, um, especially, like, you know, in relationships and especially in interracial relationships, because there's just so much there um, that's always going to be a thing. But I think you have to know you. Me, myself, Aliyah, me to Lupe Lauren is just way, the way I see the world, you don't understand how much me and white men can get along. Like, it's, you don't understand the level of strife and struggle and, and fighting. Like, the last white man I tried to date, which was years ago, before I said, oh, no, no, sweet girl, let's have a conversation about who we are and what we can't do. Nigga. <laughs> when I say we fought 24, we was watching, I remember like it was yesterday, we was watching, we turned it on the very beginning of the episode, it's this Paris Morgan episode about serial killer women, and it's, the episode is about some white blonde girl, and they, and the whole, and they, you know, the whole community is, she, she murdered a whole family, and the whole community Ooh, talking about how, oh, they can't believe it was her, it would never, it would never be her, and da 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 da, and they saying all this shit, because she's a white woman, so I say, so I say, um, I go, I'm like, yeah, huh, you couldn't be on because it's a white girl. I was like, yeah. And may I say that, which to me, you don't understand how much of an aside that is. Like, to me, that was mm-hmm. the equivalent of me saying the sky is blue. We need oxygen, go <laughs> some water, you know, ducks be swimming and shit. Like, I was so ADHD. <laughs> I said that, and that white man was like, why would you, what do you mean? What do you mean? Maybe it's a big, big, big fight, big, big blowout. Then one time he was telling me, he was talking shit on, on some black, the black guy's hair. Um, blah 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 blah. Something when watching watching the NBA, and then he and he then he said something. He proceeded to go on some, you know, monologue about you know black people here. Some something I don't remember what he said. Honestly, my ears turned off again. I re- I proceeded to respond. And I said it really <laughs> nicely, really sweetly, and I said, oh, you know, with all due respect, baby, but your opinion just actually doesn't matter to me on the topic of blackness. It just actually doesn't hold any weight. Um, you know what I mean? Like yeah, this. Yeah. Let me tell you something. You want a white man's head to spin? Don't argue with him. Tell him his opinion no matter. Tell him you don't care. Tell him like you unbothered, like you actually didn't need him to weigh in. That motherfucker. <laughs> and, and and no, you could just be like after they say what they say, you could be like, oh, okay. And they're looking, <laughs> yeah. They're looking for you to say more, and you're like, no, oh, okay. Yeah. And, like, yeah, yo, I'm telling you, it was it was constant, and it's only ever it's only ever been like that. And I just realized fundamentally the way it just it just don't be working. The shit they be saying, the way what I got to think. Like, Girl, they're going to be pushing you like, so you don't think? Like, so you don't, like, really? Like, okay, so you don't have anything? No, bro. No, I don't. It's, it's big brawls. In my head, like, you know how exhausted I get when a man start talking to me and I, I have to start thinking about the curriculum I would have to give him in order to undo what the fuck he's talking about? And my, like, I swear to God, I get exhausted the minute, the minute I realize, and I, I don't mean that, like, arrogantly, I mean that just factually, it's really, like, when I when I he's talking and I'm like I start immediately my brain starts teleporting me back like 10 years into like freshman year of college I'm like oh wow that's how that's how many curriculums we back that I would have to give him I don't have time for this I I, I literally don't have the ability to make this kind of intellectual investment to do something about this banana brains man and, and what he's talking about right. 
Like, yeah. it's not our job to be out here educating them. Um, so I think, I I think guess... educating people is reasonable. Like I said, me and, me and black men get along just beautifully. I love, I love, like, I love black men. I, look, yeah. I love black men. For anybody who's listening. Uh, maybe this is like men. where... Uh, <laughs> My subjective experience. I'm, I'm crying. Not my my, my girl said, "Hold on, I'm fucking screaming." We said, "I love black men," and she said, "Well, I guess this is where I take my leave." I love them. Now, there's so many people. Looks like that's coming into because you know. I think you're starting to learn how to work this, Olay. Mm-hmm. I think there's more people in the the college list. I'm not sure. I'm yes, not sure. Definitely. Yes, definitely. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, boo. You, you, yes. Let's next person. Love your picture, though, y'all. I'm a oh Thank shit. You. Let me invite this person to speak. There we go. Bye, y'all. Oh, how do I let it go? How do I remove him? Let's got you. Okay, perfect. <laughs> okay. Are you there? Yeah. What's up? What's up, Ole? Uh, great to talk to. You. I first uh, heard about you or found out about you uh, um, when you had the uh, TYT debate with Jake about uh, prison uh, uh, abolition. Oh, great. Yeah, that was a fantastic debate, wasn't it? He seemed so happy to talk to you. Oh. <laughs> Rebecca, did you see that one? No, I did not, but oh, I already girl. I could I could tell. <laughs> no, yeah, he treated you like trust he treated you like like, like, like you're running for Congress or or, or or you're like a campaign manager for a Democrat or a, a Democratic consultant. Yeah, he definitely totally was on my head. Absolutely. I remember the, yeah. The last <laughs> line he had was like, Olay, whatever you do. Please don't run on this platform. Oh, that shit was uh, okay. He at the end, oh, yes. He he suddenly goes, um, <laughs> oh lord, I. Well, yeah, and who is this exactly? Thank you, uh, CEO of, of TYT. You know, uh, Fat oh, Tony. Lord, well, I did see this, and I was pissed off. Wait, yeah, let's take. Yes, it back. I was like Rebecca. Yeah, you texted me. I was Hold like, on. I no, no, no. Yes, no, you're right. Yes. Olay. and I was pissed off. And Olay could have <laughs> handed him his ass on that particular platform she could deliver to, she could have delivered that thing right up to his door however you chose the high road on that one and i think that you didn't even need to go off on him because he was trash he was trash and Olay, you gave facts and you were just like remember how you were just saying how when white men be just going in yeah. and all you got to just be like okay yeah. it pisses him off oh baby his dick got small <laughs> Tiny. Listen, believe it or not i really don't like to i don't like to argue with people like i really don't like to be adversarial like shit could all it could all be so nice like people just be i don't want it to be that way i don't want to give smoke all the time i, I really be wanting to be nice like i'm five too i really just want to i just i just want to keep it cute <laughs> like uh but yes what did you what did you have questions for us love Oh well, before I I do have, I wanted to ask you about what's uh, what's happening today in the house. But besides the last thing about Jake, uh, Jake's come like he there's actually a clip of him on YouTube on his channel uh, where he defends Clinton's relationship with Epstein. I posted yeah. that in the chat if people are curious. But besides that, um, yeah, I just want to know what your thoughts on uh, are on uh, Kevin McCarthy like having trouble uh, becoming speaker. Very embarrassing. <laughs> very, very very embarrassing. I talked to my friend about it who's very very invested. Mark and he believes he thinks that ultimately they're eventually going to relent and he's going to become speaker. Um, I don't know. I don't. I can't say strongly one way or another. I'll probably defer to that opinion. But as a generalist, it, it would be embarrassing in a world where Republicans had shame, but they don't. They they don't. No, right? they have they, no shame. They, they have, have no shame. They don't, 
They don't give a fuck. Like, they no. don't care about the circumstances by which they accomplish anything. These were people who, listen, I want to remind you, just the other day, they tried to have a coup, and instead of walking up a fucking wall, they tried to scale it, and they were hanging from the fucking wall. <laughs> On national fucking television, scaling a wall with stairs, bro. You should have seen me looking at the wall like, wait a second, ain't no guards. I don't see no... Why are they, why are they fucking scaling it? They were killing each other. They didn't know who was who. It was the most... <laughs> dumbest thing and these are the these are those type of people and they're sitting in your face and lie and what we saw today or these last few days has been a circus but it's not for them though it's not a circus yeah. for them yeah no absolutely so that's yeah that's my like thoughts yeah the, the differences between the freedom caucus and um uh kevin mccarthy are very uh small you know it's it's, it's really a battle of personalities maybe like some culture war stuff uh i i know culture matt has been pushing like for for more border funding. Culture war, probably um, one of the things uh, he wants. But um, it's kind of sad to see that that uh, Matt Gates is like you know pressuring his leadership, but the uh, progressives aren't. weren't uh, when Pelosi was in have power, you know, to get concessions. You talking about his force the vote chip? Oh, I'm just talking about it in general. I I meant like I mean like like you mm-hmm. know like not just force the vote, but they they could have been like pushing. Like pressuring Pelosi, you know, to get concessions on a lot of stuff, not just uh, voting yeah. for all. That's all. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, but when when are our politicians disappointing? You know, <laughs> like you and know, both, like, on both sides. I, I, I am. I am. I am fundamentally unsurprised. You know, honestly, I I don't I don't much care for Democrats and Republicans in the football way of the day. You know, the day to day coverings. Like to some degree, at the, at the end of the day, it's still a room full of powerful people, and you know going back and mm-hmm. forth like ping pong over some bullshit over some stuff we don't even abuse their power because, for- you know because you mm-hmm. know the real tea there's nothing about principle that's going on here 20 republicans don't like that motherfucker from something he just did as a person they can't stand him so now that's something that's what's going on and now we all in the room involved in this ping pong circus but at the end of the day none of these people are harmed their, their lives will be unchanged meanwhile all these problems and all these real things are happening they rolling by bill reform doing all this kind of stuff it's like my mindset can't be spent to me just invested in the strategy or being like mad or you know happy one way or the next about what you know democrats are doing as far as strategy like i can comment on it i can have thoughts on it i can always feel like underwhelmed and disappointed but ultimately it's like what fucking ever yeah they're all a bunch of uh sociopath narcissists that would like you know ra- ra- rather see you dead than you know like get like a tiny uh, like petty ritual yeah uh, oh yeah yeah there's you know there's lots to it right yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> look yeah but, is that all you, Bill? Yeah, yeah. Good talk. Yeah, thanks. For <laughs> good talk. <laughs> Not good talk. <laughs> I love that. All right, next caller. There we go. Let me invite you to speak, Hussein. Hey, Hussein. Hey, Ole. Um. Okay, so I, I heard you all dissing on white people a whole lot. The optics. That's hilarious. Not dissing on white people a whole lot. We were not that, dissing. I would not. Yeah, I want to be. I want to push back on that characterization. Please. Don't nobody. Sure, I don't okay. want nobody to say I didn't push back. <laughs> that I just you did push back. I, fair enough. Fair enough. Thank you. Um, my optics look bad on the picture. Please understand that, like, my my white mom. So it's not. And yes, I've also dated white girls, but that's not the point. I mm-hmm. don't mm-hmm. care to um go back and forth and argue about dating relationships i mm-hmm. wanted to tell you or ask you how you felt the need mm. to defend that professor against my guy the republican guy i forget his name josh holly you need to go back and listen to what she said because what I professor think the view yeah, oh like you talk are ago, you, you the trends 
Yeah, the trans conversation, she's just scientifically wrong in what she said. And I'm not over here to bad for Republicans and their hatred on trans people because I'm not part of that community. But she was just factually, scientifically wrong in what she said. And you, as I, I, I'm going to assume you're a Democrat, you, you speak I'm, like one. You don't have to assume. Oh. She, she literally said all the time. I can't <laughs> vote. I've never voted. But I, I don't know. Exactly. I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm going to let you get it out. I'm gonna let you get it out. Give it up. Give it up. I'll get, get it out. Yeah, I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm here for it. Okay, well, I need you to, actually, there's not a lot to say. I just need you to revisit that video and listen to what she says and see if you really want to defend what, because it's oh, scientifically I'm... dumb, everything oh, she has. Like, oh, it just doesn't make sense. You oh. say, I watched the video a lot. It's sort of <laughs> oh, <my goodness. laughs> it's, it's conservative. Let me tell you something right now, beloved. Let me tell you something, but. Beloved, let me let me let me let me tell you this. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a defense I'm a defense attorney, and I say that to me. And right, I'm not somebody that's confined by the four walls of the like the the four corners of the paper, or you know, because I think this is the strongest case, or whatever it is. I'm somebody who's a defense attorney because I believe the most marginalized people deserve the best representation because the structure that they're going against is fundamentally unfair. And I'm going to do whatever is possible to defend right. them and get that outcome. I don't give a flying fuck. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the first? What you say? It don't. None of that matters. At the end of the day, the trans community is an incredibly marginalized community that very, very, very almost never has a real seat at the table. And despite the fact the way that we talk about trans people are being used as this political pawn, we, we take you know these they they manufacture what they believe are the most important trans issues and make it like you know things that are rallied around like white trivialness rather than the real structural issues like those the short lifespan on black trans women and the violence that trans people experience and what their day-to-day is that reality is enough for me to always come to their defense and at the end of the day a bigot is a bigot is a bigot is a bigot is a bigot Mm -hmm. i have no reason to be out there trying to look for common ground with a white supremacist and a white nationalist which is what who josh holly is that motherfucker is a fucking bigot so i don't give a flying fuck about any of the other stuff because his intention what his intention is and what he is trying to do is draw further stigmatization to an already marginalized people who don't have nobody to support them so no I will not be revisiting that opinion but I do you respect you telling me she doesn't need to revisit I don't she doesn't need to revisit my love I don't my love my love my love my love who's who's y'all sweetie 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 you democrats you scream you Democrats, I can't. I'm an immigrant. I can't even vote. Oh, I've never voted. Sorry, I don't know what you're sorry. talking about. You see what happened? This is hold on, hold on. Listen. Everybody, be quiet you because listen. you living out. You are right now. You are living out what it means to be loud and wrong. But I do respect your gangster wow. for coming and tell me, my love. So next call, go. There we go. <laughs> but you know what I said? I respect it. I respect it. I respect it. Hussein, we have no beef, no smoke. I told you what it is. You know, you you are still all good in my hood. All right. Next yeah, you know, no beef, no smoke. But you got to, when you come on here, you cannot say what you need the person to do, what the person needs to do. Yeah, what that's another thing. Let me, let me just say this right quick. Like, nine times out of ten, I'm going to stand ten toes down. Um, Just so you know, but um, especially when it comes to like my support for marginalized communities, I'm going to let you know that right now. Um. I'm gonna do my best. I like I said, I explained this in Leftist Mafia for my own my own health. I'm turning over a new leaf. I'm trying not to curse people out. I'm trying not to run hard. I want y'all to see that I'm a nice person. When people meet me in real life, I'm sweet as pie. So I'm really trying not to turn up on nobody. So I just want everybody to recognize that I think I handled that well, Hussein. I think I handled that well. 
because a year ago I'd have ragtagged that ass, but I got you, boo. So next caller. <laughs> Oh, Marcus. Like to speak. Marcus. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here cackling, sorry. Not cackling. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Uh, Lord, I, I almost forgot what I was about to say. <laughs> um, uh, as much as I would love to just uh, talk about what just happened, but I, I, I would rather get my question out. But um, I think I was, well, okay, so what I wanted to really just ask you guys was more so about, like, okay, so if it hasn't been clear as day that the world is just collapsing right now, mm. I I um, I just wanted to just talk about, like, just, I feel like the leftist community just kind of, like, needs to figure its route on things when it yeah. comes to, like, you know, pushing forward, like, trying to find a, a safe space where, of course, like, nobody is trying to, like, you know, destroy that safe space or whatever, but trying to find out a bit, like, the best way that, like, we could push forward as a, as as humanity, to be honest, not even just as a society in America, because mm-hmm. it's really just going on around the whole entire world. The whole entire world is at on the verge of collapse, to be honest. Yeah. And it's, and I, I just wanted to kind of like, you know, just get you guys thought on that. Like, you know, just what, what it is that we could start doing mm-hmm. to just build that. You have the floor, Rebecca. No. So, I mean, I ask this question all the time and especially when I first got in, it was like, what can we do? Because it's a shit show. It is a shit yeah. show like all around. And I feel like it's just like a gradual shit show from, mm-hmm. for, um, from when um, Donald Trump really got into office um, as far as politically. And when I was able to finally start um, getting my grounds in politics and just watching how I thought, Democrats had it together <laughs> and that was a lie. And <laughs> you know, and then being a part of that uh, like we were talking about on the left leftist mafia, like being a part of that you start to see people aren't really doing what they need to do to hold it down for um the Democrats or the left yeah. or the left side. Everything that they're doing is and the, the 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 talking points start to change. I think um in the last few years or with Biden we have bipartisanship. By but by bipartisanship doesn't really help us i feel mm-hmm. like the way that the right got it down like like we were just talking the right literally can do bs do nothing mm-hmm. like just do a whole circus and they still in a way in some way shape or form could be out here winning and, mm-hmm. and um, us on the left we doing the same thing that we've been doing every single time and sometimes i feel like we have to tap in to a little bit of that 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 fight back you know mm-hmm. and get a little get a little dirty with it and i don't think that we've been doing that and it's like we're playing too nice and i'm not saying that we have to be violent literally but yeah we're playing too nice and i think we have to be more literal and people who say that they're for they're for um i guess um a lot of the marginalized communities or a lot of the issues that um touch marginalized communities or certain races um they need to stand on that. I don't see anybody really standing on that. It's like when it's popular on the left side or um, with Democrats, when it's popular, that's when I see, you know, like with the George Floyd situation. I saw Democrats come in heavy. We saw little, little laws being pushed around or policies being talked about here and there. But now that that's died down, I, where where is it? What are we doing? How? What, where is all of that, that, that drive? So, yeah. Yeah. 
And I, that's, I, and I agree exactly what you say. Like, you know, we, it's, it's like, we don't play dirty enough. Like, like you said, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be violent, but just play dirty. They don't like, you know, they be playing, they, they do the same things. I think on the there's very much so that's true. And I, and I feel that way as well. But I think that's the, cause I think the thing we have to be honestly aligned with understand is that the things that we want, the world we want to see is not who the people who are in power on our side of the aisle know. Not that they're refusing to fight hard enough for something they want. They don't want what you want. <laughs> they like mm-hmm. a lot of what they That's want true. the world to look like and the structures they benefit from. They live in the society with. They don't. The world they want to see is not very different from the people across the aisle that you want them to fight. That's, yeah. why, that's why they're always humanizing them. That's why they're always asking you, you know, to see something in them. That's why I think, and I, you know, I write about this on the Learnati a lot. I think it's a mistake to to teach people. Um, that they need to fight against racism or injustice because it to help other people, but you know that they're privileged at this to continue to tell them they benefit in this world because people at the end of the day, people are only going to do so much as they think is against their own interests. You're teaching them. They, they don't care about, you're lying to yourself if you think people care about their neighbor more than they care about themselves and what is self-sustainable. You What you have to show people is actually how the current world order doesn't benefit them either. You have to show them how actually, yeah. I say like with policing, you have to show them, no, it's not a racial issue. This is, we live in a police state. Police kill white people. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to show them how it's their problem too. You have to show them how, oh, capitalism mm-hmm. doesn't just harm us. Look at how you are also living in poverty. Look at how these structures of, of whiteness and masculinity, look how it harms you too. You have to show people because at the end of the day, they're very self-interested. So I think one of the first things we have to do is teach people how the world around them is harming them. As Yeah. Well. And, I, and I, and I definitely can see the, the shift in a lot of things. Like the, the middle class is pretty much just gone. Like I was, uh, I was saying that like a couple of months ago of just like, like, I feel like we needed to get like the middle class needed to be fully just, it needed to just be rich and poor for people to kind of like start to wake up a little bit. And I think that's why we starting to see a lot more with all of these, um, these, you know, unionized, uh, the the unions building up and uh, the job strikes and stuff like that. It's like now people are starting to pretty much wake up. Like I was talking, like I, I teach and there's like this, um, this nanny that comes to my job mm-hmm. and um, she was, she, I, I mean, not to generalize her or anything, but I, I would have thought that she was like a Trump supporter or something like that. But just having a conversation with her, like she was, she was talking about like she, she was quitting the job working for as a nanny and um going to work for uh delta and she was just like you know just we got into a whole bunch of stuff about like you know like nepotism and just like how these how like people just the money like the the cycle of just the capitalist structure just keeps going around and around and around like nothing gets changed Mm -hmm. just because of like stuff like that and it's just like an endless cycle of things and so just sitting down and just when you talk to people People, I feel like people are aware that something is not right and is going on. And and um, I guess I, I don't really know how to really explain. It, but you it's feel just, like we're giving. You feel like people are giving up, and they're not. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I can see that. I, I can tell you. I when um 
when I did kind of like put myself more on the left when I first got him this, I was so good. When I say I was just like, I'm ready to, I am ready to fight for what we need to do. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to do I, I was really into that. When I say this thing will, te- will, it will eat you alive and you just be like, okay, where is the actual changes that are going on? And here's yeah. the thing. There is, as long as you continue to do what you need to do um, and push for what you need to push for or, you know, um, continue to advocate and do what you got to do that works for you. Advocacy looks different in every which way. Like you talking to that woman and having conversation with her, that's a form of advocacy in some mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. But, um, you know, when we're tired, we just tire. But seeing a lot of these things kind of not change or, or change at a slow pace, our ancestors didn't know, and I hate to take it there, but I'm going to take it there. Our ancestors didn't know <laughs> that, that we were, we were going to be, you know, somewhere somewhat a little bit free they didn't know that their work was gonna be they didn't know what it would look like they knew Mm -hmm. that the change would come but in their time they didn't know when they didn't know what that would look like and here we are today so the things that we're doing now it may not feel like anything and it almost may feel like we're going back in time but it'll hopefully in some other lifetime it'll be a thing i think it's gonna happen in our lifetime i definitely like the things that i'm seeing like i'm following just like every single thing that's going on whether it's Mm -hmm. the war in ukraine um what because that's more so dealing with the next economic superpower Mm -hmm. of china and everything and like america is you know it's a lot of stuff going on with that and then there's just a lot going on economically that's going on so it's like I feel like a lot of the 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 um the chess pieces are being made in the right directions that will benefit everybody in the next couple of years or so. I know that it's going to take a lot of time to get there, but a lot of the cuz it, it the 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 people who are in control of every whatever, I feel like they they think that they have their hand on the steering wheel, but they really don't. And I feel like this is like the perfect opportunity for the left to kind of like really kind of like stick behind each other to, because I mean, while they have got their hands in a cookie jar, we need to really just like be focused on like, you know, trying to reshape what, what needs to work and build a better future and stop repeating the same humanity mistakes that keep going, that has been, throughout time with the Egyptians and the Babylonians or whatever, like, or the, um, the, um, the, uh, uh, Roman empire or whatever. It's the same old story that just keeps being told. And it's just like, I feel like we are at a pivotal point in time in history where, um, I definitely think it's going to get better for everybody. But unfortunately right now it's just like the worst aspects of everything is just kind of like full fledged out there. I am. Mm -hmm. I am discouraged i'm not discouraged and also believe in the racism i think people have to sort on that i think if you look at it people have this tendency to start you know talking about this fatigue or their and movement you know they call it like the movement of the surge from like 2020 maps i'm just like are you under the impression these battles begun in 2020? If you look at it like that, that's where you start, you know, something and you see it, that is the beginning. Then you're going to look at what you believe to be some quick turnaround or, you know, and, and say, oh, where are we at? But in actuality, everything, you know, James Baldwin talked about that. Like, this is his mother's time, his grandmother's time, is everybody's time. Like, this mm-hmm. is the thing. There are no new pains. We've been going through uh, racism 
racism and the consequences of that and the society built on that has been what we've been plagued, plagued, plagued by. But if you look at where we're at even now, you couldn't even have conversations. You couldn't even, the fact that even is something on the main stage where we're talking about the mm-hmm. of those platforms, we're talking about abolition, these things, we're getting cat, we getting bail reform at all. Yes, you're going to see rollbacks. Like, of course, you think something becomes the status quo because people are not prepared to defend it tooth and nail to maintain it. Of course, that, that is a part of it. I don't know. You know, I've noticed that I feel like in my work, I find so many people are so shocked by by every level of pushback. Like, oh my God, they push back. They said this is yes. You're in an adversarial system. You're in a fight. You swing. Mm-hmm. That's how it goes. And if you really think about it, I'm a person, the things that I say and what I'm, you know, espousing or the ideas that I teach, what you advocate for, it's not, there's nothing that's new. You're just a part of a larger discourse community. Everything I'm saying, Huey Newton said first, Angela Davis said mm-hmm. first, a bunch of people were political prisoners that were killed said mm-hmm. yeah I, mm-hmm. I can say it on mainstream news now politicians could say yeah i agree with that i'm trying to think about that i'm trying to talk about that i'm trying to yeah i'm gonna defend bail reform i'm gonna do this like you know how far we've come like i think about that now even with bail reform in new york city as bad as it is as the amount of propaganda is as as racist as the system is we have bail reformer over two hundred thousand people two hundred thousand people that would have been subjected to rikers were able to to, to be out you know that's all kind of people People that did not die, whose lives are saved, all kind of people that don't experience a system that they would have experienced before. Like these, these wins are happening, and, and it's a mistake mm-hmm. to 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 get discouraged. And I also think when I say the permanence of racism, like Charles Mills, who is an actual critical race theorist, um, he he discussed the permanence of racism. Like I don't believe that we're ever going to eradicate racism from society. And I don't need a to change. I don't need to change the hearts of everybody. I need to change what you would be a, the power to do to me and a people, your ability to institutionally oppress me. That's what I need to change. I need to create a system in which it is not to your advantage to do that or you, or there, there, there's some threat for you to, to not do that. But racism is always going to be here. And if you look at, if you, people, you know, when people try to frame what is lived reality as a movement, they they box themselves out. And I say that to say this. I, whether or not, I didn't sign up to fight racism. I, I was born black. This was every, this was every day. It didn't start in 2020. It doesn't go, you know, up and down. The lived experience of having to contend with a world that is anti-black is every fucking day. And the same way, if you look at like what it means to try to push back on a world around you, you don't want to see is how you have to contend with what is your reality every day. You put, you don't get tired of breathing, right? Like it's you put your, your foot in front of you, know, you put keep putting your feet in front of the other, and that's how I see it. Like I don't, if I don't put it on my agenda to think of as something that I expect to tick off, I'm expected to get to a point where oh, this isn't the thing. If I just look at it as actually, this is my life. This is I'm here. This is the world that I'm a part of, and I don't like it. I see my calling. I see what is necessary for me to do is to respond to that, to put back, push back on that. I do that in the same way that I, you know, I drink water, I breathe air. Is natural and mm-hmm. I just, I take it for assessment. And I think mm-hmm. that people constantly assessing and analyzing their need to just do what the fuck you know you're supposed to do. So <laughs> that's my <laughs> sense. <laughs> but thank you, Mark. Thank, thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Love Next you guys. <laughs> Love you back. Yes. Uh, let's go. I'm mute. Um, let me invite to speak. There we go. Awesome. Why does they look so familiar? Um, hi, Day. Sure. I've been on a... Hi, how are you? Good. Awesome. You I, want yeah. hands? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> 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 
Um, first and foremost, I always love that you can make me laugh and then learn. That's always awesome. Um, I, you guys, yeah, you guys somewhat went into the area that I was going to talk about. So I'll ask another question, I guess. Um, have you heard, because the Supreme Court just decided to put the, um, what's it called? The Brunson versus Adams case on the docket. Are you familiar with that one at all? Remind me of the facts. So this one is essentially where um, the guy, he's not, it's about electoral fraud. So essentially he's not claiming electoral fraud occurred in the election. He's trying to say that the process or essentially like, because they had their right to investigate denied, they're saying that they defied their oath of office, the other members of Congress. And so they're gonna like, I guess, go the, go through it on the court system about that. And I was just like, this is really interesting because I've never seen a case like they that. They had their right to investigate denied? That's what the uh, Brunson is arguing. I think it's Brunson that's, that's arguing. That's what they're arguing? This is in front of the Supreme Court? Correct. This made it there? The okay, I'm not... I'm after. Yeah. I'm gonna look at. This is what I'm gonna do. Yeah, I have to look that up. This is my first I, time actually. As a responsible lawyer, you're not gonna question, question my legal prowess. What I'm going to do <laughs> is I'm going to look th- look it up after the show and actually go read it like a responsible attorney yeah. and come back next episode. You bring it up again to me. I will call on you and I will tell okay. you my thoughts. All right. Yeah, before this is... I go and start spouting off some shit and somebody can't wait to excerpt me talking shit. Yeah, because you a whole lawyer. <laughs> you yeah, whole exactly. Lawyer. I, 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 I look at this big stupid bitch. I always knew she was dumb. Yeah, I know. You're waiting for that. But yeah, I'll have to look this up too because this is my first time hearing about it. And thanks for bringing that up, Day. um, Oh, of course. Literally, my best friend sent it to me today and I was like, I was reading through it and I was like, this is wild. Um, But I was like, I can tell what their angle is, but I'm still, the fact that they put it on the docket was interesting to me. And I guess that was some of the insight I wanted. Supreme Court is a Mickey Mouse operation. <laughs> it really is. This is what it is. It, it really fucking is. It was a kangaroo court, just a bunch of bullshit. I love, like, let me tell you something. I figured out I was hip to the game on white people a long time ago when it came to like credentials and stuff. Like, I always say to people, like, I, everybody's a performer. Like, like, there's a point where you become a real adult and you realize that no one is special. Like, these titles, judge, lawyer, da da da, doesn't they're just regular motherfucking people? Like, and they live in systems where people give and hand out title, and now you feel like this person is particular special intelligence it's not fucking true like law school they they teach you oh it's objective and it's fine no the fuck it's not it's if <laughs> if, if you if, if the if the professor is a prosecutor answer the fucking exam like a prosecutor they gonna grade you better if you are yeah. a defense-minded nigga you're gonna do less well <laughs> like you know like it's a bunch of ideas i was hip a long time ago to these old white lawyers not being fucking don't know shit not particularly impressive just out there <laughs> talking a bunch of fuck like at the end of the day like if pigs if pigs run the store like the pigs are gonna do better than the chickens in the store you see what i'm saying the pigs that come yeah. in are gonna have a better time you're gonna set it up in in the favor of your people and that supreme court is living proof of that loan just a mickey mouse motherfucking operation i mean just lawn buffoons just all up on the court just <laughs> Rolling around just buffoonery and fuckery and bigotry and silliness. And Clarence Thomas is the biggest dumb nigga among them. <laughs> like, oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! They're, they're the Looney Tunes, but like, and it's funny you mentioned the white people because I was like, I'm not gonna bring up the interracial thing because I was slightly triggered. But I was, okay. yeah. Um, but I did <laughs> bring it up. Oh no, it was just because like I said, it's interesting. Like I'm gay, so like my last partner, may he rest in peace, was white, and I said. Yeah. I always found that really interesting because 
I felt like my blackness wasn't questioned until I was dating a white man. Yeah, that's and that was just weird to me because like every person I dated before that was a person of color. And mm-hmm. I guess my experience was different from yours because like, I was like, listen, you got to come with a certain level of understanding already. And I remember like our first two or three dates, I brought up race a lot. Cause I was like, you know, I really want to know like, what am I getting into, et cetera, et cetera. And at one point he was just like, yo, we talk about race a lot though. And like, when I stopped, mm. I was like, yo, you you're right. And I, like, after, mm. it wasn't really a thing after that though, but I found it interesting that I was like, I do think it's important to oh, kind of you know, see? like, okay. You see my different kind of blackness? This is what I'm saying about what you got to know yourself because the exact point in the story that was a, like a positive turning around point for you, you see me, I was literally like, you see, you see the problem? Like I have done, like <laughs> immediately I'm like, I'm like, yeah, nigga, race is a part of a lot of, yeah, like, but you mean again, back to breathing air, like. So, hey, what, what did the, what did the, so you telling me, or so, okay, so you're saying that when he started, when he, when he said that you're talking about race a lot, that made you reflect on yourself? No, so this is what, I want to make this very clear. Mm-hmm. His issue wasn't that we talked about race. And actually he said, yeah. talking to me really made him realize that. I use the word whitewash. He didn't use that word, but he really made him realize how so many of the other people of color that he dated just weren't as informed about said issues as I am. It yeah. wasn't that. It made me realize yeah. that, like, for myself personally, because I personally, yeah. I'm a lot lighter. I believe, like, if I want there actually to be a beloved community, et cetera, et cetera, like, I have, I try to be open and accept everybody and what it is. But it made me realize that I was allowing race or my fear of mm. what race would do in this particular relationship yeah. dominate conversation over anything mm. else and i just met this person there's so much more to this person than just okay just and i love that white. and i love that for you and i love that for you and that goes back to the original like you got to know you my yes. literal career though me <laughs> i from the top of the day i'm talking about race the criminal system systemic racism abolition that's my day bro i watch the pop-up girls and i'm like mm, look at these goddamn police <laughs> like i swear to you thing. i'm like i watch every i need to i need to date somebody like my last boyfriend was a wonderful person if he weren't insistent on being for the streets but like we had the best <laughs> <laughs> we had the best time we watch things and the two of us are like look at this propaganda immediately like oh we watching Darkwing duck and be like wow this nigga's the yeah, off like that's dead how like yeah. yeah like we see it like we right there like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like okay we on to them we on to them like <laughs> like we that's see what's hilarious. up we see what's up <laughs> like that's who i need to be with so it was like yeah you get it like yeah. yeah yeah and i think for me it was like i appreciated that i never was in a like your situation with on the couch we only had one instance like i never had to like uh, i don't say apologize or like feel uncomfortable talking about race like it is what it was and he accepted like i was like you know what and another thing, it was fine. And so yeah. I just find that experience because like my friends from, I mean, you're not from the South of America, but like some of my Caribbean friends or like my friends in the South, when yeah. I moved to like Atlanta, for example, it's a it was a very different experience for me in terms of like racial relations because yeah. I would hear the things that like you guys are talking about here. I never would hear that where I was from. Like I just, that just wasn't really the conversation. But I think it's because like, we were so forced all the time to be angry. So I was like, you know, I'm in elementary school and the kids are like, you know, whatever. So yeah. the parents might want to cause some ruckus and that's always awkward, but that was just an interesting turn for me. So I was just like, I appreciated you guys sharing your experience because it was just different from mine. Yeah. Uh, no, 
Beautiful. I love that. No, Look, I, I love that for you too. I, with yeah. a, I, I can say that. I love that. I love that that experience happened for you. For me, I always was like, okay, so now can I come out with my bonnet? Um, if I wear my nails like this around him, is he going to want me to wear them in a nice short French manicure? Am I going to have to change how I look? That's what he, he would I'm say, gonna hold you. He would make comments like, um, you know, you don't, you don't talk like everyone else, but you do switching it out. And I'll see, you see, this is what I'm talking about right here. Um, I don't want to shock you as a black person, but I, I speak three different languages. I might have an accent from here and there. I might, but I, I didn't want to keep showing him different layers of a black person and how they're not a monolith. Like we were just discussing, but, um, he was a great guy. So sweet. Um, but it just. That's on him. I always say yeah. this, like, get somebody else to do it. If you want me to pretend to not be myself, <laughs> then you have to date someone else. But if you're excited about me, that means you're excited about all the blackity black black parts about me and all the yeah. American parts about me, et cetera, et cetera. And I think sometimes people can surprise you when you just be, I believe that people, people accept authenticity. Like a lot of times okay. I joke saying like in the gay community, like these straight passing men really have done nothing for the movement. It's a lot of the more effeminate, or outwardly queer people. And I said, that's because a lot of them just embody who they are and force people to deal with it yeah. in a way that is unique and powerful. And I think as black people, just like them being white, I'm like, yo, he would like to be baking out in the sun or running outside. I'm like, you smell like outside. And he didn't know what that meant. Like, that was just him. Like, I'm not gonna change that. So it's like, if you, I respected that though. And I think that's kind of, I hate that our world is so chaotic and hellish that it mm -hmm. then, paints this it makes everything more complicated and of course i'm not trying to oversimplify anything I'm but not, like you my niggas is too fine like that's really what it is for me i realize listen, i like black brothers I, no i no, no 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 i don't even just mean as a general i mean my niggas like i realize like i you know i gotta i gotta keep myself like accountable and stuff and you you live in a world that is is anti-black and will make you like hold like you won't even realize you internalize some anti-blackness or you move it mm -hmm. in a particular kind of way blah 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 blah. But like I'm not for nothing when my main dude is so fine. Honestly, when I first see and I realized like and I I when I realized that I could pull that man like I thought about I thought about it and then it was like <laughs> oh I reached my hand out and I. And there was man that was, and, I realized, and then I realized like exactly who the fuck I was. And I thought about it and I was like, oh no, I'm not holding. No, 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 that's crazy. The likes of whatever white man that would have been perceived good looking to me is not nowhere near this nigga. And I realized, wait a second, this the caliber of niggas that I pull, could pull and I would even entertain. Oh no, I fucked around and let a European standard. Yeah, like something crazy happened. We see the profile I can't, picture. I can't be it? I can't be a part of it. I just ain't here for it. It don't work for me. Like I say, we don't get along because of who I am. I don't ever feel known by them. I notice. I like to, you know, I, I hate to sound like a man, right? But you know, they they they, they, knows, they knows. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, you don't let a hose, you know what I'm saying? I, like see and I love that for y'all. I do. <laughs> I love that. But you no, know, y'all love that for y'all. What you mean, y'all? Who's y'all? I said no. My man is black. Don't y'all me. Don't me with no disrespect. Don't put me with that. Okay, you almost got that. Hey, okay, you almost um, got but that's all right. Uh, you know, I love my black brothers and, and, and I'm gonna love them always, but I have nothing against the white ones. I've dated them. I've tried it and it wasn't for me. Um, and they're, they're so, but I sometimes feel like you said, Olay, it could be, we could be a little too strong for, for them. And you know, I want me some little black big headed children in this world, but 
Mm-hmm. Other than that, if you want to date white, I just don't see why it's such a problem on, on social media. I agree. I, just, I don't see why that bothers and it puts people's wedgies a little tighter. I don't understand it. I don't know why they got to get on the podcast to talk about it. I, I, that's yeah. What I yeah. But that's because engagement. The internet, the internet is, you know, the internet, the internet is different. We know the internet is different. But it does, the internet is very different. But what's, what's but, terrible is that that conversations that be happening in, in this space, people will really believe it. And then now we start seeing it appear in the real world. I, I must limit any further interracial discussion before people think that, like, we just, <laughs> yeah, we love them all. No, I, we love them all. <laughs> no, who's we? No, like, no, no, no. That's not what I'm famous. saying. I'm saying, <laughs> no, I want to be very clear about my. Pro black is my position. Go, go on the internet and tell them I was caping for my man's like very much so. Like I'm not gonna catch no charges. My dudes is black. Listen, we, I love everybody. There's nothing but love for all races. Yeah, yeah. Y'all, so don't don't try to come after my girl and her show. This so, is episode one. You gotta get right, this right. Is episode one. We we working through it. We working through it. Call then, a bad wench off the rip. because yeah. <laughs> you know it's coming. You know. All it's right, coming. my love. All right, let me there go. go. And let me let me set the record straight. Day, I did not see you on hinge. You said you gay. You was not on my hinge. But, <laughs> I'm crying. But <laughs> all right, Brian. All right. <laughs> Hi, Brian. Hey, Brian. Yeah. Yes. yes. Hi. Uh, I just want to um. First of all, you're hilarious. You're brilliant. You know, I follow you on social media, and you always, you always make the timeline a little bit better. So Thank I appreciate you. That. Um, I guess one of my, I guess I, I don't say you have to do anything, but a humble request I yes. have is you could do a, a crossover with Rihanna Joy Gray, maybe because she usually has a call in on Thursday. So I don't know, maybe I'll could possibly work something out in the future. Why do y'all? Just as a general question, because people always. Always, uh, what what is it about this pairing that y'all love? Like, I actually really? like, I just curiosity. I would love to know what it is y'all just, are getting from this pairing. Just have, y'all just have y'all just have good vibes. It's like I don't know. <laughs> I, I I'm trying to think of a metaphor like MJ and uh, Pippin, peanut butter <laughs> and jelly. Like I don't know. Y'all just go together well. Y'all just go together well. Um, That's that's but, powerful. But I love that. So that's that that that's that's your that's your um what you call it your one wish. <laughs> if, okay, guys, I, I, mean, I got you, Brian. I've logged that. That's on that's on your Christmas list. I got you. I've written it down. It is noted. I appreciate it. Yes, I got you, Brian. We're gonna work on your dreams. I got you. Sometimes <laughs> dreams. <laughs> what what they said about dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I'm dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me get Mallory. All right, next caller. Uh, okay, Mallory. Hi, Mallory Boo. Hello. Hi. Hi, Hello. Mallory. Yes, I know you. Oh, I love this picture. Oh, thanks. I'm wearing a robe in it because I'm sophisticated like that oh yes ma'am yes ma'am yeah um so i wanted i was kind of gonna roll in here and say something like really cringe white lady cringe and then (laughs) i remembered that um rebecca doesn't know me and then (laughs) nobody else in this room really don't catch me off guard i'm gonna have to like do you know her yeah yes yes (laughs) we are twitter friends uh yes yes um so i just i'm you know, Ole knows me, so no introduction necessary there, but just 
for everybody else who doesn't, I've practiced for five and a half years. I was doing um, indigent parent defense. So kind of the public defender side of foster care cases for parents. And I'm on a a bit of a mental health sabbatical right now, but um, I was doing that for five and a half years in a rural Arkansas County. So um, you brought this up earlier, Ole, how to really drive home the, um, some of the messages and, and the priorities of the left to really make that resonate with white people that yeah. we got to show them that it hurts them too. And so I just, it, the child welfare system is so cloaked yeah. and, and that is because in the vast majority of jurisdictions, um, those cases are taken up in juvenile court and are completely confidential. Mm-hmm. Um, so for just to give you an idea of how extreme it is, um, when if a client of mine, so a parent who's a party to the case, if they needed a copy of an order, I would have to go physically go to the clerk to request that copy for them. The clerk wouldn't even give a copy of an an order from the proceeding that they are the defendant in. Yeah. So, um, so it's so much of that happens behind closed doors, you know, in the interest of protecting the privacy of the children. And, um, but I, I think that people get a really skewed perception of what those cases are like and, and what they're really about, because the only time that you ever really hear the facts of a child welfare case. Something salacious. Well, is, and when there's an intersection with a criminal case. Yeah, exactly. And um, so in five and a half years of, of doing that in a, I think it's like 90% of the population is white, non-Hispanic, and I think it's 1.8% black. I didn't have a single black client. But, um, you know, widespread, we see in the child welfare system on the federal level that it disproportionately harms and separates and forever separates black families yeah. at a much higher rate than yeah. um, any other demographic. Yeah. But um, so I, I just want to call that to people's attention because it's, you're getting a little glimpse um, with ICWA, the Indian Child Welfare Act. There was back in November, the Supreme Court heard oral arguments. Um, they're, they're trying to strike down ICWA because ICWA sets a minimum standard for um, terminating the right of Indian parents. Um, and they have to actually have membership or be eligible for membership in a federally recognized Indian tribe. So it's not just anybody can walk in and say, I, I declare myself to be entitled to this protection. But, um, you know, they're, they're coming for that. Um, but this is already a system that harms it, it. The harm caused by the child welfare system is equal to, if not even greater than, the harm that is caused by the criminal justice system. Absolutely. And and I just I want to call people's attention to that. And that is one area where you can absolutely point to and say, this is a system that is rooted in, in white supremacy. It is. It was built to hold up the ideals of white supremacy, but it hurts you too. It it hurts. Yes. It hurts you too. Especially poor white families. Yeah. I mean, I, 
Yeah, you're right. I think that's why, you know, I've, um, I try, I think that's something I've been recognizing and I'm like trying to take on my own personal scholarship is that that's why, like, that's why anti-capitalism has to be like a fundamental centered part of your, of your politics and your messaging, whatever, because I think that is the way that we fundamentally show how these other, you know, systemic and unjust structures that might seemingly, seemingly affect other, you know, intertwine to affect you too. And I'm, I'm in the process of, learning more about how like I try to when I recognize that you know something is something that I need to be able to articulate no more about like let me go read about that or whatever and I like I just bought black Marxism and some other things and I gotta I, I've, I've gotta become more um like this is something I'm exploring how we best like show these things from a from a point of scholarship like how do we go about writing and advocating around this because exactly what you're saying is spot on Mallory well, and I think we also have to ask ourselves, you know, if, if we if we base our right as the the society as a whole to yeah. police parenting in the fact that it is our responsibility as society as a whole to protect these children, then why then do we absolve ourselves of ourselves of that? responsibility when that person turns 18. And I'm not talking about kids aging out of foster care, but I mean, if we as a society fail to recognize that a child is being harmed in their home, whether physically or mentally or sexually, if we fail to recognize that and we fail to, to aid that child while they are still a child, then why, why do we then have the right when that person is 18 or 19 to, to then criminalize their behavior, that is a direct result of the harm that they suffered that we failed to protect them from. Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely. It, we, we just, we wash our hands of it. We say, now you're an adult and you need to take responsibility, but we failed yeah. at some point. And it, it's just, it's, it, it doesn't work. Child, mm. The child welfare system does not work. And, um, and there's way, it, it goes way deeper than just this, but just, want to bring it to the front of some people's minds because I, I know that you, you just can't know about it. I, yeah. I would love to tell you all the tales of the just God awful things think, that brought children into care that had nothing to do with safety and yeah. everything to do with poverty. But I think ultimately mm. you have to recognize that America is not a country invested in, in, in taking care of people. Right. Or, or very much, you know what, better yet, let me put it to you this way. America is a country that, that isn't honest about what, what the government is there for. Like the whole idea of having a government is that, you know, we otherwise existed in a state of nature where we all, you know, absolutely had, you know, complete unlimited freedom to do what we want and that this creates a place of chaos. And we we then give up some of our, the power that we had to, to form a government so that we could have a civil society, you know, protect us and do for us. So the inherent purpose of the government is to serve you. That's what the government is there for. You have created mm -hmm. a body of a body of people and lent them some power so that they may serve you and do your bidding. But yet we live in a world where just calling something a welfare system, looking, adopting, seeing the government doing for its citizen as welfare is in and of itself, mm -hmm has tricked you into believing, you know, like buying into the opposite of what it is, that this is actually some kind of, you know, authoritative royal body that sits above you, you know what I mean? That, it, you know, it's supposed mm -hmm. to suffocate when it does you a favor, when in actuality, this is a body you are giving power so that it's supposed to serve you. So yeah, basically, yeah, I agree 190%, yeah. Mallory. Yeah, I would tell you after, you know, five and a half years of doing it, 
that without a doubt in my mind, if we really wanted to help children, if we really wanted to protect them, and we really wanted to make sure that they had the best chance of success, the, the policy that we need in place is to give parents the support financially, um, whatever resources they need, give the parents the support, not rip the children out of their homes and then put them with strangers yeah. and pay mm-hmm. those strangers. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's like a, a stigma when it comes to that. So what you're talking about right now actually is enlightening me and educating me, but there is a stigma when it comes to that, like poverty, they have it worse. They will pull those children out. And it doesn't just go to, of course, um, black families, a lot of families are um, affected by this. And it sucks that it has to do with not having money. When you think of welfare, you think of poor and mm-hmm. not what it's supposed to be about. And that that's um, very unfortunate. And that's what Ole was saying earlier. If we educate it and, and let people know that everybody's being affected by a lot of these issues, um, then maybe people will start listening and um, taking heed to it. But that... Mm, that that's that's tough in itself but yeah these these um kind of solutions that you're talking about it seems easy but the fact that it's not lets us know it's very systemic and it's Mm -hmm. they want it to be this way well and we we see it consistently in any kind of study that they do where they just give people money yeah and and there's this expectation that okay some of these people are going to take that money and they're going to go you know snort it or smoke it or spend, gamble it away. Consistently, those studies show time and time again that you give people money, they meet their needs, like their housing, their food. They they are able to also, pull themselves up. Mm-hmm. Also, the constant assessment, the need to police poor people's money and what poor people do to their money or treat like mm-hmm. poor people are only allowed to have the bare necess- necessity or you judge it is ridiculous like oh if you give poor people money they're gonna go blow it on bullshit what do you think what the rest of us are doing i blow my money on loan bullshit <laughs> like, like the, time, it the other day i was walking home and i decided to spend a significant amount of money on jays i didn't own a single jay i'm not a sneak ahead but i bought three mm-hmm. Like, just because, mm-hmm. what, what do you mean? Like, as a matter of fact, I Uber delivered icy hot hair earlier tonight. Like, I bought, I spent $30 on oxtail hours ago. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, but who, why am I inherently more worthy of spending my money on frivolous shit? You know, but all of a sudden, it's, oh, all of a sudden, we be scrutinizing me all in the pockets of poor people. Meanwhile, Drake out here putting 42 diamonds on one fucking necklace in on our bush. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. unreal. Like the way that we we dehumanize poor uh, poor people consistently, and I think you know something I saw um, some tweeted the other day about they said I wish people realized that being able bodied was temporary or being and, and I think in the same way is people need to consider poverty that the way people look at impoverishment or or the homeless or poor people as like this this entity like some something you either got or you don't you know what I mean um mm-hmm. out in the world somewhere like rah, 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 rah. poverty's lurking around the corner at every turn yeah, like even listen, I'm telling you <laughs> even living um paycheck to paycheck people see me living lavish because I like the t- listen I don't play about my lifestyle okay and and, and I'm not gonna be out here looking crazy just because I'm going to make, I I have a budget because that's what my poverty level is. I'm just going to figure out my budget. I'm going to spend on what I want to spend on. But everybody, listen, most of the people I know around me, they live in a big house to drive a nice car. But if they lose their job right now, everything Mm -hmm. is gone. 
they could be out on the streets in the middle of um, Atlanta while people are going to go eat nice in, in, in their Maseratis and whatever vehicles they have. And they and they too could be next to sleeping in the middle of the street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. yeah. I will share one. I, I do want to give like one concrete example of because I think that people don't believe the trap of how strong the trap of poverty is. And, um, and so I will share just without giving any sort of identifying information. I had a client who she was doing so well. And the only barrier to getting her children back into her care was that she needed housing. She was having to just kind of couch surf or sleep in a car. And, and, and of course we wouldn't just give her money for housing because we'd rather give money to strangers to house your children than give you money so that you can have a house to have your children home. But I digress. But she had a job interview and she was homeless and she needed to take a shower. And she went to one of those campgrounds where people can park their RVs and then, and there's a a communal bathroom and there are showers and she stole a shower and um, the campground called the police, had her arrested. She spent, um, I think like three days in jail because she took a shower to go to a job interview so that she could get her children into a home with her so that we, the state of Arkansas and the federal government, because the federal government pays half of the, the, the subsidy for the uh, foster parents, they, rather than just let her take a shower and then suddenly Arkansas is enriched by, I think she had three or four children. So 1200 or $1,600 a month for the Arkansas board rate. Um, that we would have been saving had those children been back home. They, we would rather jail her for three days for stealing a shower. And that, that's where we are. That, that's where we are in policing and criminalizing poverty. And then it reaches over and harms our children as well. Yeah, girl, America's not a nice place. Nope. <laughs> well, 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 there you have it. <laughs> thank you, Mallory. Well, thank you, Mallory Boo. I'm a, I'm a next colorist. Find you, Adrian. Let me invite you to Adrian. Adrian. Hello, sir. Oh my gosh, this is really happening. So let me tell y'all. Before <laughs> I pulled up in this space, I was in breathe space. Um hanging out, got a chance to talk with her. We were kicking about a couple different things. And I like somebody said, oh, the app is kind of running a little crappily because Bree, Ole, and somebody else, I can't remember who they were, are all doing live stream at one time. I said, Ole is on here. Let me, let me pull up and let me see since I already talked to her. And now I see, not only are you here, but Rebecca's here. Yes, my girl. <laughs> Yes, y'all are in here to turn up. And let me say, also, when I came in, like, maybe it was like 30 minutes ago, I had came in on the right part. You were getting that man together. He was like, I'm sure you vote for Democrats. Like, we're not going to rehash that because we don't want to just be messy. We don't want to be messy unless you want to be messy. You were gathering him so quick. He was like, you're not wrong, but I'm going to let you finish, though. Listen, hey. I, I, I'm trying to listen. I, I, I was, honestly, I'm going to take that as a personal 
Girl, you, girl, I cannot tell y'all how proud of myself I be every time I don't go off on somebody. I'd be like, I'm telling you, I just walk the street with a pep in my step. I do that little Morris Chestnut bounce and who can play that you game when he leaves the house. <laughs> I'd be like, Woo! I'd be like, look at you, girl. Good girl. Good girl. I'd be like, yes, growth. You didn't carry on bad. I'm like, whoo. Because I'm one of them people like, you know, I feel like some people like online that have big personalities, or, you know, they don't have that in real life, but they like more muted. I'm way more smoke in real life. You think I carry on by it online in real life? I'm, ooh, yeah. I don't let me reach out and touch you, girl. <laughs> it's talking stuff. So, <laughs> so I was like, I would not like these people to see me act a fool in real time. So let me, I'm like, okay, let me, let me let him talk. <laughs> no, but it was the audacity for me. I had like, I know you're, we are. In the spaces, right? I know Olay is in these spaces, you know, and people are gonna say things, and 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 it's just when you do get the opportunity to speak, don't demand. Don't, that's don't try to control. Just tell me what you feel. Don't say what you need me to do. Say what you want me to do, and I can tell you I'm not gonna do it. Um, and get somebody else to do it. Um, and so this is that's what that's what it was. You got a strong opinion on something. Don't come yelling at me or getting a little to put. You got a little bit too much bass in your voice. Tone it down a little bit because you're you're, you're a little too Hi. Let's get it. Let's, let's <laughs> no, wait, it funny, listen, y'all. What's funny is like, I have a story, but I think I'm gonna just keep that one to my. I might come back to it. But what's funny about all of this is like, as a black person, when people start coming at the, you need to this and you need to do that and you need to do that. It's just like, I need to stay black and be alive. That's okay. it. That's We're not right. Like that's it. If we've accomplished those things and a few other things. Don't get me wrong. We'll be good, but like all of this, you need to do this. Now, I will share this. At some point, I worked with some people who were black and they were engaging with a person who was white. And this person said, as a European, I demand Ooh. to this black person. Yes, and they were serious. It was a little bit of like they just moved to the state, so Mm-mm. I'm Mm-mm. trying to like I can't even get it Mm-mm. out and, and really seriously get it out. I'm just like, uh-uh. but I, I, we I, I, I can like, pick up what you're putting down. You get what I'm saying? It was just wild. It was crazy. It was like, how do you? What? First of all, don't demand anything. Like, just ask. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Why? Yeah. Why are you doing all of that? And then also inserting your race. I just thought about that. So, Honestly. What's funny for me is the things when you realize, like, what's hilarious, and I mean genuinely comedy. I wish my best friend was on there because she's going to think this shit is so funny. I have to play back to tomorrow. Like, when you think about it, I, I'm a bitch who tweets all day, every day, right? Like, all the time. Like, all constantly. I do segments. I run on. I, like, make whole positions. I argue about things. He is upset. Apparently, like, they clearly have held that. Like, I don't even, I can't even tell you when that was. Like, when the Katanji stuff was happening, I was around then. So that was like a year ago now at this point. Like, I must, have, I must have clicked like on or retweeted. You know what I mean? The tweet of that woman, uh, owning Josh Hawley, um, um, at the thing. And like, like the fact that that sat with him, like the first opportunity a year later to talk to him, I was like, Hey, like that's not he's like change your position. I didn't even make a position. Like I didn't tweet anything. I didn't say anything. It's funny because it's not even. 
it's not even like he's not upset about something I actually said or argued for or whatever. Like this is a but this is I, I must have liked the video. <laughs> like And then you're a Democrat, Ole, come um, um with his description of you. And this is the type of misinformation that can go around. You are a Democrat, um, and you stood ten toes down for this post and you need to you need to go back and change your position right now because he said so. First of all, you let him know more than one time and he continued to repeat it because he was so stuck in whatever he was trying to say. Girl, I ain't like I ain't no Democrat. I can't even go. I need people to be reasonable. You know, they do the thing. Like people will love me. They will love my like um they will love the firmness with 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 which I stand for something when it's what they like and then expect me and then have a problem with that exact quality they liked when I was being the advocate. They wanted me to be um for something else in the sense like listen, I I maybe I'm, I'm I'm what I can give the world. You don't have to like me. I'm not a perfect person. You know, everybody different strokes for different folks. But I'm clear. I'm very clear about my position. I'm not somebody that you know dances you in circles. I let you know I feel like come up very firmly for something. If I care about something, if I believe that a group is not being, that's just my spirit. I was a defense attorney in my spirit as a kid. Like I I I don't like people being wrong. The feeling like something is inequitable. Um, and that's how I feel when it comes to, to d- defending and supporting the LGBTQ community. That's not something I'm going to play about because I find it, I find it, I recognize that people who wouldn't say certain things to me about race, they expect me to be, to, to be the way that I am about black people because I am black. I'm about, you know, a black person because it, because it interests, it serves me, but because I am straight, because I'm a cis woman, they, they feel like they are supposed to be able to just let loose on like bigotry or expect me to be a certain kind of way about the LGBTQ community because they're not in the room and that bothers me worse like you know what i mean the fact that you feel like oh this is supposed to be a safe space for you to bigot be a bigot because no they're not around and i i have a problem with fucking that and i like to be a person i need to be able to to respect me in my house in private i need to be able to know that i am not a fake fraudulent nigga like if it, it isn't just about what people can see or anything like that like you can't be saying bigoted shit to me and i'm gonna take the easy way out and i would i would sooner do it for my own self take the easy way out because i know i don't got nothing to prove to me or i know that i'm good or i'm whatever it is uh, blah blah blah. but i'm not gonna let a community just get trash in my presence and you gonna bully me to like be like oh i changed my position now fuck you you know what i mean like that's how i feel i've already told y'all like i already told you you're not gonna get me on the anti-trans stuff i'm not gonna do it you're not gonna you know find any kind of way or make me uncomfortable like i've always been very comfortable being the only person in the room with a position you don't have to like it i'm fine with that like i recognize that my positions are not in the majority that you you want me to like you know, take some what you think is some scientific argument about whatever, whatever for trans. I don't give a fuck what you're talking about. I am but not you a know it too. Yeah. But look, let me say this too. Just so, because this is important. Like that moment of pause and the way in which people clutch their pearls when they realize, oh my gosh, I'm not in like company. Yeah. It's like a combination of I'm offended, a combination of shock, a combination yeah. of what am I going to do now? They're like, oh yeah, let's just shit on these people. And you're like, actually, no, I've got better things to do with my time. And they're yeah. like, oh. it's like, calm down. And the, the way you describe him, like holding on to that, whatever he was upset about, yeah. all I did was just imagine um, him on his bed, laying on his stomach, feet up in the air, with his <laughs> book out, like, dear diary. Oh, visual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, get it out of my head. But it's like, dear diary. Today on Twitter, a person I've never met with before. With the brandy music in the background. <laughs> <laughs> like a brandy music in the background. 
Hey, hey Alexa, can you play Brandy music while I write in my diary about somebody I've never met? Bro, they be upset. Yo, if you see my message, I'd be really like upset at you about shit that is like, oh my god, like, and it's it's interesting when you live in like, you know, it's funny when you see people who like don't know you and feel that way and carry on and be disinvested. Or whatever, because I'm like, bro, the men in my life don't give this much of a fuck what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, I'm like, yo, that's crazy. Like, you just like, bro, why, 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 why all this? Why you feel so strongly and passionately about this? And sometimes, like, again, I think the internet kind of does that. That's something I'm trying to check, even within my own self. The internet starts to make you have disproportionate reactions. Like, I started to like try to take a step back and be like. The internet will make you make a choice. Like, if there's a side to be taken in anything, even if the thing is trivial, suddenly we get attached about the side. And I notice that I notice my own self getting into that. Like, I'm starting to take the position of certain things with politics. Like, you know, I was having a conversation with my friend today about even, like, you know, the force the vote stuff and all of this. And I'm just like, why, why though, regardless of, you know, the difference in opinion on strategy and stuff, why has this become the linchpin on, on you know what I mean? Like, why, why, why are you mad, though? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Why are, we, why are we so this, you know, why is it always mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah? And that's something I'm trying to be to be mindful of, getting into politics, uh, uh, like, uh, like you know, anger and outrage and adversarialness that distracts you from really doing shit. I'm trying to, I'm trying to check my own self about that child. Cause these people, I'm telling you, people be in my DMs ready to cry. Cause I have Twitter blue. I'm like, that's crazy, son. You be, you too, you thinking about me too heavy, yeah. son. <laughs> like, yeah. What's interesting is like, I work in education. And when I tell you tonight has just been like, again, when I was over there with, in Bree's face, she was talking about forced to vote, and she was literally today has been like, "Congratulations, Bree, you were right. Congratulations, Olay, you still don't give a fuck about what these people have to say. <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> Rebecca, you're still fucking getting Robbie together on Rising, but that's just another story. <laughs> <laughs> you see how I slipped that in there real quick? <laughs> and, and congratulations, Olay. When you were going um, Rising, when I tell you, I used to live like I come good faith, and I want to hear everybody's you know, perspective, but most of the time, like, based off of the ideological perspective and just, like, Robbie is just, sometimes he'll walk right up to the edge and it'll be like, okay, he's on the way there, and then it'll just go in a different direction. It's just like a mess. But yeah. what it would always be funny is when you would just be like, really, Robbie? Really? really? No, not with the accent. That's I'm dropping right Listen, listen. No, Robbie, we love Robbie here. But yeah, yeah. Let the record reflect. Just fun fact: Robbie is actually sweet as pie to me in real life. Like, and he seems like I like like Robbie. Yes, and not. But we fight. He's my fave. He's like one hundred percent my fave. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just seems like again, the thing that that whole ideology, like the libertarian perspective, to a certain extent, I understand it and I get it. But like, we live in a society with three hundred thirty million people and counting. We just can't be willy nilly. There's got to be systems and structures in place, and that's kind of like the thing. He's like, just let everybody do whatever. Or even like I was watching him engage with Brianna about like the FDA and the baby formula mm-hmm. like a while ago, and he was just like, we need to abolish the FDA. And it's just like I understand that you want to have limited government, and you don't want all of this rigmarole. And there's true like administrative nonsense happening in the world. But mm-hmm. we can't, we got to be serious. We can't be silly and not to be real. I don't want to say silly, but we got to be serious about the fact like somebody probably should be checking over things that we're about to eat and put in our body. Somebody. I, you know, I think something 
you know, I'm gonna tell the world of just to have as a general thing and just generally put this out there about a lot of commentators is they not everybody is a lot of these people. This is what they call these people are is an intellectual exercise. They do not live and exist in these real worlds. They are they are unaffected by it. They don't understand on a practical mm-hmm. level. Like they just be talking. These niggas getting a check. Like you'll be so surprised how different their real lives. Like who care about this? But they principle blah, blah 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 blah. Like and I think sometimes people make a mistake when I notice like just how like even the discourse around certain commentators and what they arguing with this and the next one is like bro. Don't mind the hype, you know. Like, uh, don't mind the hype. That's one just general thing I say. Like, don't read too much into what they saying they believe and what their position is on this. Or da, 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 da. These niggas getting a check. Like, in real life, they they, friend, they they just talking. They don't feel particularly strongly about it in real life. They live in a life that's completely contrary to what they're advocating for. Don't mind them. Yeah. You know, <laughs> don't, don't mind Like, I, I, was, I had shared a little bit earlier that I work in education, and today I was teaching. We've started a new unit in argumentative and, yeah, argumentative opinion and persuasive writing. So they're all the same thing, but, like, really trying to make it interactive and interesting for kids. And yeah. so instead of doing the actual, like, take out your notebook, get ready to write a five-paragraph essay on the, on the first week back in the new year, good vibes, we literally spent the whole period engage in debates about absolutely nothing of serious value. Um, the two debate questions were, is cereal a soup? And also, should pineapple be on fruit? But like, after I introduced the question, like I divided my class in half, I posed the question, and then I assigned different arguments, like different stances to each team. So whether you you believe cereal is a soup, you're going to argue that it is, that be a primary for it. Yes, it is. And then on the other side, like, you're going to argue no. And so it was just so interesting to see, like, and I had joined in, too, with my partner teacher. It was just so interesting to see me just pick up. I didn't even think about, like, what is my real perspective? I just kind of stood on another side, on one side, and my teacher partner stood on the other side. And we just picked up these perspectives um, and was, like, vigorously defending them. And as I was, like, teaching this lesson today, I literally thought to myself, I said, how often does this happen, not with like frivolous or fine or kind of light, silly things, but like with very, very serious things? You really don't have an opinion on it or have not had time to thoroughly vet what your ideas or thoughts or perspectives are, but you're just jumping into the fight and just screaming loudly and defending things. Like, not having Because the average you know person is a consumer. You have to like, that's, that's the reality, right? Like, like law school, they always say they say it when I was in law school. Is like law school doesn't teach you like the law. Like it's not like it's teaching you a bunch of memorizing a bunch of laws or anything like that. Law school is kind of teaching you how to look at a big picture and know what you don't have, what information you don't have, what you have to look into, where you have to research. Like you're able to look at something and see that they are missing pieces from this. That this isn't the whole picture. The average person looks at a headline, looks at everything, and they think they genuinely think they have the whole picture. They don't conceive of what the fuck is missing and what they have to what they have to look at, what they have to what they have to go for. And I think that's what what your experience there is. Yeah, people, people, they just, they look at a, they look at a piece, a very tiny fragment of something, mm-hmm. and they not only don't question the bias or anything in that piece, but they, they don't conceive of that this is just a piece. Like, there's a much larger picture. 
so they're yeah. only gonna they're only gonna attract what um, or believe or side with whatever is closest to what they believe or what their household raised them you know to do yeah. or whatever the case may be and that's just that's i hate that but that's societal that's the norm yeah. Yes, yeah. but thank you, Boo. Right, wait, wait, wait. Look, before I go, wait, okay. before I go, one last thing. So, <laughs> okay, now earlier I was talking about what is it about you and Brie that is like this dynamic duo? Mm -hmm. But I think what's really funny is like when I watch you on Bad Faith Podcast, is like, yeah. she, <laughs> you are just like coming at it. You're funny, you're lively. What's your zodiac sign? I'm a Leo. You better stop playing with yeah. me. I'm yes, I am. Are I'm you a quintessential Leo? Leo. Yes, August 9th. When's your birthday? July 27th. July Leo. You you know, and I know a July 27th Leo, and when I tell you, she is lively, and she makes her point, and she knows how to get it across. It's, it's so interesting. I never really believed in all that Leo stuff or, like, Zodiac stuff until when I got older, and I would meet people, and they would be like, oh... They, zodiac signs would come up and they will always guess mine right They'd yeah like, what are you oh you're a leo and i'd be yeah. like i'm not but uh going back to the main point so it's funny because like you got all these jokes and brie who is also leo too is like she's trying to play like good cop like funny cop if you will like oh like no okay, like whatever like we just gotta chill and you like you who i don't who, who is this what is this what are they talking about yes a hilarious duo Guns I would love to. I saw her today. I said, "There's this woman on um on YouTube, and she's got her own channel. It's called Wine and Chill. I don't know if y'all have heard about it, but like, I think she's like recently started it. But mm -hmm. she's uh an attorney, and she works in entertainment. And I came across her because I was watching the like Glorilla. Yeah, like, yeah. I did a video on Glorilla paying five hundred dollars. But what's interesting is like I had Pete, and she was saying things like. You know, she's paying $500, but there are no benefits. We got to be serious about, you know, this capitalistic system. So I was like, okay, like, there's a little bit of socialistic roots in this, like, critiques mm -hmm. of capitalism, all that stuff. So I watched a couple of her other um, episodes, and I was telling Brianna tonight, I said, it would be kind of cool if y'all, if she did an episode with you. But now that, like, that I popped up in here, what if y'all all did this Black Girl Magic episode <laughs> where it was you, her, because she was talking about, like, student loans and how she had, like, $300,000 in student loans and she's paid, like, 150000 And I'm like, that's the cost, not now, because these housing prices are crazy, but that is literally the cost of a house a couple decades ago. Like, that, yeah. like people just throwing money out the window and could be really investing in themselves and their communities, but that was that. I'm just so glad to like be able to chat with all three y'all. Y'all are lovely. Oh, thank you. What y'all do? Whenever you come to Atlanta, let me know because we, we can do karaoke and all that stuff. I'm gonna follow you. Um, thank I'm you. in Atlanta. And bye, so, Adrian. Bye, Adrian. Bye. I'm in Atlanta, bye. so always, always coming to see me first. All right. Okay. okay. Roller. Hi. Hey, Roller Dragon. Doing. Oh, can you? There we go. How you doing, my queen? Hi. Yes, you did so well tonight in the leftist mafia. I kept trying to get Lance to say hi, but he's material. So oh, thank you. And Olay, my God, alive, you are on fire. 
Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> you have made the only reason to go to Twitter besides promoting Like It or Not every Tuesday, so Wednesday, and Thursday mornings at uh, 9-ish. Thank you. So, <laughs> whenever. I'm hey, on YouTube and Twitch. Twitch happens to, I'm telling you, this is not a promo <laughs> just for me. This is for yes. the queen and for everybody else involved. Thank so, you. Come and see Like It or Not, the Ben Dixon Morning Show. Anyway. I was going to say a couple of things. Mallory brought up a couple of very interesting points. I am a much older person than most of you. Mm -hmm. I'm a former. I'm a former child of the system. Yes. I went all the way through it, all the way through uh, school here in Connecticut called CREC. C R E C. It's famous because people died there. And then they reorganized into a magnet school, and people still died there. Damn. So, what she says is very true. It's not just about race, unfortunately. Right. If it if it were, it could be something we could attack wholeheartedly, full force. It's about monetary status. Yeah. You don't have the money and you're not the right color, you're going away. Yeah. Or your kids are getting yanked no matter what happens. Yeah. And it, it's the most painful thing to watch. And listening to her pretty much triggering herself, going through some recounting even the small amount of information that she was able to without totally breaking down. I heard her hitch on tears a couple of times just recounting some of the tales of the things she's had to go through. And as a public defender, I can only imagine what she's been through. My God. Especially yeah. in New York City, for crying out loud. But, yeah. but I got to ask you one question, and this is incomplete, honestly. What in the world about things that you've said online, any of the video that's been put up about, she says, that you'd even want to talk to Brianna Joyce. Hmm. Hmm. I don't get that. Hmm. What is that? Is that a lust fest? Is that, is that a thirst trap just for, like, you know, semi-intersectional people? Do they not <laughs> realize that she gave rise to the great Jimmy Dore? Oh, my God! She released fascism upon the masses! Uh, <clears throat> I'm, I'm I'm kidding, of course. I'm being overly uh, dramatic. Oh, I, was, I was getting. I was. I was. I was no, 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 no. I'm a I joker. Was, I was I'm writing a my speech. Then, um, I'm a joker. A smoker and a midnight joker, kiddo. Yes. Don't worry was, about it. All right, we're <laughs> getting ready for it. <laughs> Thanks, Roller. Exactly. Thank you, Roller. Thank you for talking to us. He's the Love moderator. You, Thank you, Andrew. Hi, Andrew. Hi, uh, I just wanted to say uh, congratulations, Ole, for your first episode. Thank you. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you're um, trying to expand your platform a little bit more, reaching out to more people. I think more people should start listening to you and Rebecca because, you know, we just need some more smart conversations out there and not like Andrew Tate's out in the world or some shit like that. Yeah. Which is, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, um, how's the night been for everyone? Great. It's been good. I'm I'm happy. I'm very happy to be here with Olay and just in 
this tea time and just hoping. It's been really good. Yeah, um, right now I'm just taking a break at work, so eh, just letting them pay me to listen what, to you guys right now. What's, what's, what's your question? <laughs> it's midnight. <laughs> like, yeah, um, I, I'm sorry. I like to be long-winded sometimes here and there. Oh, just small talking. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm just wondering about your um, everyone's like. Um, I guess like people people keep like talking about like Doomer and basically like Black Pill like what's the point of living anymore and everything of the sort. But recently I've just been looking over the years and more people have been like talking about like socialism like it's more of a common thing you know and not more of like the scare boogeyman tactic. Mm-hmm. I mean like my my parents and like even sometimes like my grandparents as well like realize that you know what the system that we have right now is pretty fucked up you know and some of these ideas like more unionizations you know more power to the workers more power to um just like the working class you know it that seems like more of a a, more of an ideal type of thing and then we've seen more of these like corporations just basically getting um off scot-free with like um you know like um i've been following um more perfect union and um they've been like reporting more about like how these corporations are basically like making bank because of like the pandemic and like last quarter when like everyone was suffering from a recession, but for some mm-hmm. reason they've been making like multi-billion dollars and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like, even though like um, a lot of things is like very depressing in the world and all that stuff, I still have, I guess, more um, optimism in the thing. And I think um, yeah, my question is like, uh, how, how, how can we, how can we like um, spread more of that optimism type of thing? Should we just like, I know like a lot of things are like, it seem like very minuscule in the whole universe and everything. But I think we need to more like highlight those like small wins that we got, like how you were um, referring to earlier about like Rikers when you're able to like um, basically get people acquitted from uh, like uh, like from like their senses and everything. It's like yeah. we, we got to more we got to really highlight these like these wins, you know? Yeah. And we got to keep building on that because we can't really think about like us snapping our fingers and everything being solved and all that stuff. Because I do know that there's going to be a lot of shit that's going to go down in the real world. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's, it's easy to see that. But at the same time, it's like we got to really just keep, keep pushing for the good in the world. Well, that's, you know. That's kind of like how. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, listen, I'm happy. I like, I like, I'm, I am, I'm a happy motherfucker. You know, Beyonce put out Renaissance. I love life. My cat is nice. I like my home, you know. It's great. And I do and I do walk around life, you know, feeling very happy and grateful for all like the little joys and things I feel blessed. But I also have to recognize that it's tied to the fact that I'm doing well. Right. Like the worst, most saddest, most miserable times in my life was because I was broke as fuck. It didn't matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the kind of stress I was going through in life. It don't matter. Little joys. You know, it's hard to find some little joys when you drown in under the life of stress. So I recognize that a lot of people's a lot of people are sad and they feel doom and gloom because life sucks for them. You know what I mean? Like not everybody's in the middle of a run. Like it's easy for me to walk around and and recognize all the little joys because my bills are paid. I'm young. I'm cute. Like you know, my my got a two bedroom apartment. I got to wash it dry in New York. Okay, wealth. <laughs> like it's easy for me to be. Some- Smiling, 
So I, you know, I do recognize that a lot of why you're seeing from the world is doom and gloom is because a lot of the world is struggling. The average America is a country that lords itself over the rest of the rest of the world is exactly. a superpower. And most people in this country are living paycheck to paycheck or yes, yeah. out of poverty as much as they don't want to accept that because people don't want to admit to a certain reality. That is true. So mm-hmm. imagine the rest of the world. So yeah, you're going to see a lot of doom and gloom because a lot of the world is, is struggling. Like, something we don't talk about enough is more bad shit happens in the world than good. Like happiness is something you you reach out and grab and you and you appreciate and you look for and you think about. But in actuality, that's why, you know, social media and being able to have a constant stream of what's going on in a magnifying glass shows you misery and misfortune because that's actually what's cooking. You know what I mean? Most of the world is is run is run under inequity. You know, countries where with major uh, wealth wealth gaps, you know, a few people, the one percent, living the best and hoarding the most of the world's resources while everybody else struggles. You see, doom and gloom because people are down bad. They get only so it's only so much so happy you could be under certain circumstances. But that's not to say I don't appreciate your point. I do think for those of us that you know we are we are we are doing well considering relative to to the rest of this world. I do think we do have an obligation for our own personal happiness to look out and appreciate those those little things like find joy and that stuff like i know every day i look out at raheem and i'd be like oh to be loved by a cat dog like that's so nice like my cat loves me like he don't have to but he fucking loves me look at us we have a nice life you know and i can feel that way and i think we should try to feel that way but at the same time i recognize life sucks though <laughs> like a lot of people are a lot of people are having a bad go of it yeah and and even yeah, now yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, right, not, we, I, yeah, yeah. I'm not i'm not trying to deny that as well yeah but yeah, yeah that's that's true yeah, and even um, Ole, you've talked about this um, um, multiple times. We've talked about this with each other. We talked about this on the show, whatever. But it's basically like, listen, the struggle is fucking real. Like you talked about living in the basement and how you, you know what I'm saying? Like while yeah. you're a lawyer and all these things and um, your immigration woes and all people, people have it bad. We are when we're choosing, especially being black in America, when we're choosing to be happy. That's like that's a that's work. That's a job. Um, you know, on top of being poor or on top of having mental issues or on top of this, there's so many different things. Um, it, it's being, um, happy is not easy. Um, and so in this world to try to do good, like you got to push yourself to do that or to try to be a part of change or whatever. It, it's but, like, it ain't easy. But I will say while you don't have to be happy, you also don't need to be a fucking hater. Like I will say that. That is like, true. I have all the great misery. You be miserable and you keep it to your motherfucking self. Don't bring that shit around me. Like mm-hmm. now, you do not gotta be a hater though. That is where I draw the line. Is and people just I be in out here just trying to bring misery down and upon everybody else though. And don't bring your misery around me. Like listen, have a good day and right. however you need to have a good day, but don't bring your shit around me. Don't yeah. don't come drop it off at my Stop being mad at the other people for being happy or trying to find a way to like, you know, dim their happiness. Mm-hmm. But thank you very much so Andrew. We're going to move thank on you, to Aaron cuz we are no we are on nice. Thank you. I invite you to speak. Let's go Aaron. What's hey, up? Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. So, yes. uh, this is sort of a multi-part question. I don't know. Uh, it'll depend on what parts you guys want to get to. Uh, there's been a little bit of discourse online. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen it about, mm-hmm. uh, the idea that the left's, uh, <sighs> refusal to be a place that centers white men pushes them towards the far right. Uh, oh, oh, more blaming blaming everybody for, for, for racist white men and misogynist. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> the question is like, for people that look, I'm a white man. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, try I know. To be a good ally. But like, all right, for people that aren't inclined towards leaning left in the first place, but like people that are still relatively central, like, all right. So, so two two parts. Of this one. Uh, to what extent is it re- our responsibility to safeguard? Our dialogue, our our, our dialogue from being misrepresented by are we white people, white men? No, no, no. Like the left's uh, our rhetoric being misrepresented. Like, man, I work on a construction site. The amount of like almost right. But not like almost correct, but not uh, not not quite there. Stuff that I've heard about uh, left positions being that it's it's an incredibly conservative space. Uh, there's a lot of misinformation out there about like you know it's it's a lot of straw man because they're dumb. To, um, yeah, <laughs> right. Do, like, do, do we have a responsibility to do anything about that, or just deal with it? Do anything about that? I mean, do we need to um, improve our education system? That I, I, and I mean, you know, I'm I'm laughing, but I'm dead ass though. Um, yeah. Point, but um, I think so. I I think there are a lot of different ways and um to to explore. Like honestly, you could write a paper on this. Um, but let me try and throw out some some general sentiments I have towards it. One, I think when we go back to our do our we you. This is your tribe. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like the white man, like we do have an obligation. Like we obviously have things that impact our different, you know, groups or our communities that we're a part of um, and things that are intercommunal for us or things that we need to, you know, address. There are things that I like. I don't like homophobia in the black community. And that is an intercommunal conversation I, I, I have and we address and, you know, our different things as a black woman. I don't like when I see black women internalized and being agents of misogyny and stuff. And that's something that pisses me off. You know, when they say harmful things or slut shame other black women that are victims of domestic violence, things like that, things that I mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to talk about. And that is a, that is not a, when that is a we problem, that is collective, like black women, that is something for us to explore. The issues with white men, this, this thing that white people do in general is they constantly make everybody else carry a cross. Like nobody else starts making our internal problems, like for everybody else to discuss. White, white men's problem with bigotry and misogyny and white supremacism is an intra-communal issue. You need to go figure out, you probably do have a responsibility to do something about your brethren. <laughs> like, not the rest of us. We don't know fucking responsibility to do something. And we also just need to have an honest conversation about what the problem is. They're not doing something. They're not being tricked. They're tricking their fucking selves. <laughs> because, because they believe, they perceive this mindset as beneficial to them. They want to live. At the end of the day, people subjugate because that allows them to be on top of somebody. So they adopt and they lean into all this bullshit rhetoric that they obviously cannot actually live in their lives, but they adopt all this white supremacist, misogynistic talking points, and they adopt all these straw men, and they and they want to exist in this little echo chamber talking shit, because that's what makes them feel good, and that's what makes them feel big. And that's for you and y'all to have community 
But that ain't got shit to do with the rest of no. I don't have no responsibility. To, no. I don't even reflect on these questions. I don't be in my house. Erin, <laughs> no, that, that's something that I, I, I hear your question, but that's something that, you know, if you feel you're up to it, you, you got to handle it for yourself. Because that's your that's your crew, your people. Erin <laughs> uh, is like, I do not want to be lumped in with these folks. But yeah, Erin, that's your boys. You got to go get them. Get your mans. Just, yeah, just like Ole was saying, we have our own intercommunal situations happening amongst our community. And we have that conversation amongst us that white people shouldn't say much about. And that's, mm-hmm. we, we really ain't got nothing to say about that. Uh, yeah, I can't be telling. I don't, you know, you only, only you know the white man's heart, Aaron. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you, you go explore that. And next week, you tell me what you find out. <laughs> like next yeah. time on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> oh, I cracked myself the fuck up. Okay. You're crazy. Hello, Tony. Hi, Ole. Hi, Rebecca. Hey. Uh, hey, Tony. It's, so I'll keep this short. Uh, let me just start off by saying everything y'all say. It hits. It hits hard. Y'all slap. No, and no, keep doing what you're doing. um and then my question my question's on the lighter note uh if you were a type of tea what kind of tea would you be oh i already know oh you you know you go ahead rebecca i'm gonna be ginger tea period spicy um he all healing agent okay it heals Mm -hmm. every part of the body and the spices you already know what's up it comes to the black community we love something spicy but it's it's good for you so um and and i'm caribbean so we spicy you don't you don't hear olay olay is the perfect example of that but if i was a tea i would definitely be ginger tea pure don't mind me. I'm not a tea drinking bitch myself. I'm not gonna hold you. <laughs> like, like uh, when I when I drink tea, I am ill. Okay, I'm ill, and I'm out there to make good faith effort to survive. <laughs> but it usually is like some kind of like apple cinnamony kind of thing, and then I'll get some chamomile to knock my 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 ass out. But well, you like you like sweet stuff. Do you put do you put um liquor in it? You know, not even really. You know, and 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 it's because. I don't, I don't get drunk. I don't, I don't deal with alcohol as much these days in my life as I once did in my youth because drunk me doesn't respect my life. That's something I recognize about her. She doesn't have any, any respect for my life. And blackout me is a bitch that needs to be put down. She needs to be. So I don't know. I, I be, I be keeping from the liquor. But Tony, I love that question because it, it, it goes right into tea time with Olay. I see what you did there. I don't think I didn't see it because I see it. <laughs> well, I loved your answer because ginger tea is like easily, easily top two. Yes, 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 yes. All right. Well, thank y'all so much and y'all have a great night. Yeah, you, Tony. There we go. Night invites to speak. Hello, Paul. Hello. Hey. How are y'all doing? Hi. Good. Good. Thanks for um, t- uh, taking my call here. Um, yeah. Well, first, I just want to say I'll uh, help on uh, taking up the white man's burden on construction sites, I guess. Good. Um, I love that. Pick it up. Pick it up. <laughs> I do work in construction, too, in pro- project management. And I do agree with the other, I, can't, I think it was Aaron. Um, yeah, was Aaron, Aaron, our boy Aaron. Yeah, that um, I, I do think that there is definitely like a, a loneliness epidemic going on that that i'm concerned about uh, although well, nobody want to fuck no haters what's that 
That's because nobody want to fuck no haters. That's what it's about. Okay? Uh, yeah, that is true. Um, that's mm-hmm. the part that's hard for me to want to engage with too much when they a lot of uh, white guys <laughs> turn and <laughs> just get fucking crazy. But um, <laughs> but I guess I'm you know that's something I'll, I'll look into more. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, so I I kind of came on to you recently with the leftist mafia and love seeing you. I think you're really cool really funny really entertaining really awesome um but um so what what is your main kind of concern right now that you're working on i'm I'm sorry i'm kind of new to you in some ways but i don't know if that question makes sense but getting rikers uh rikers place on in terms of my day-to-day advocacy like what movement i'm most involved in are as a general my school of thoughts because the general, in general, I would say like my number one concern in life is black liberation, and insofar as I think, um, yeah, what I fight towards that in most respect is with uh, abolition of the prison industrial complex, the criminal system in America. So I would say that is my overall like working my life's my life's you know agenda and mission. Um, mm-hmm. But the day to day advocacy involved with is trying to get Rikers closed and placed under federal receivership to slow the deaths and to defend bail reform. Um, in New York and in Chicago more specifically. So, yeah. Yeah. I did see some information about that, that you yeah. with that. Why, yeah. why, how did you come onto that? How, um, how, uh, um, okay. I got you. So <clears throat> I knew I wanted to be a lawyer when I came to America. That was always the plan, but I decided I wanted to be a public defender in undergrad. I was writing my uh, departmental honors thesis called Colored Bodies Matter, the relationship between our bodies and power. And um, I remember the time my, it was the Ferguson protests were happening and my professor, my thesis advisor, Dr. Kathleen Sullivan called me a gap scholar, which she meant affectionately, but it's a term in academia for someone who like, you know, they point out problems, which is necessary. You need that in academics, but they don't necessarily, you know, have a solution or do anything about it. And I remember feeling like I can't go into a legal profession where we make up less than 5% of attorneys, but we are disproportionately represented in the criminal system and not do something that directly helps and impacts my community. So that is really um, where, and and honestly, I couldn't tell you the exact day or moment I became an abolitionist or, you know, adopted my entire, but it is a lifelong process, which I believe, you know, political evolution and, and, you know, all of that is. But at some point in time, I think you you eventually know so much that there's no other position I feel like I could have. And by the time I became public defender and I, I have not just confirmed what I thought I knew from an academic standpoint, but I've seen it manifested far worse than what I would have anticipated. I could never, never go. I could never feel anything else. And this is just this is just my 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 life's work, I guess. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And I, I don't know how much you know, if this means anything, but I, I feel like I can feel that passion when I hear you speak and mm-hmm. just, you know, Thank you. that's yes. great. Thank and I, you. And let me add, Ole, I, what I love um, the most is that you, you know, you came here to America to do all of this and, you know, you're, you can't even vote or do anything, but you're fighting for a lot of people's rights. Um, and, you know, you're doing more than a, American citizens themselves. That's, who are doing, that's absolutely and, true. And, and I love that. And I, I respect Thank y'all. That. Thank y'all. Oh, look at y'all. Oh, y'all know I love love. Thank you, Paul. Thank Let's you. get our next caller. Let me see how I pronounce this. Walid. Walid, is that how you say it? Are you there? Yep. Hello. Can there you hear me? Yes, yeah. Walid. 
Yes, you got my name right. Great. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> okay. So I want to talk about, I want to say two things. Uh, first thing I think Andrew was talking a moment ago, and he said something about uh, talking about the positivity, the successes that we have on the left, like the things mm -hmm. that you're succeeding in doing in Rikers. Yes. I think we need that a little. You're right. Not necessarily to preach, but rather, you know, the fight is long. The um, yeah, the problems are many. The injustice is very deep, and it kind of gives us some reinforcements. Oh. It gives us a little bit of stamina. Yeah, to keep on at it. So, yeah. like, you're, you're y'all are right. You know what's interesting though? I I think we have to reckon with the fact that as a people, as a we gravitate towards ne negativity because you know the positive like those those are out there but people 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 don't like I'll put it to you this way I write a Lurinati my Substack I write a I write an essay every month I put out something the essays the lowest performing ones are all the essays about like actual things we could do in perspective on you know what I mean and more positive stuff or whatever mm. it is gets the least the least by bar none the least amount of engagement you will see or interest is in anything like that so i agree a lot of action did people block towards i realized that even when you know you try to create positive stuff you try to create that you know you try to do something less like you know adversary you try to have us like celebrate more wins you try to bring more unity in the space that's when i feel like you get the most vitriol like that i've noticed i i that's something i experienced i feel like a lot as a commentator like even going into leftist mafia that was something i thought that'd be really positive you don't see a lot of you know shared cross content from from commentators and stuff on on, on the left whether mm. the full full spectrum of who's more leftist than next whatever on the left mm -hmm. right well you don't see a lot of that you don't see a lot of positivity you see a lot of infighting you see a lot of this just like you know silent criticism yeah. and all these like um litmus tests and so i thought like oh this is so nice that it worked out where we did something and this is fun and this is nice and you get it and never before have i seen you know more people all of a sudden, be disappointed at me. I'm a this. I'm a coming at my head. And I was like, you some negative hating ass niggas. Y'all don't like nothing positive. This is great. Like this is, you know what I mean? Every time, every time, every time in this life, I try to be, you know, I even try to be remotely thoughtful or like, oh blah blah blah. Let's try to do some positive. Every motherfucking time, I yeah. try to be fucking positive. They, they bring hellfire up on my doorstep. Or like yeah. or, or cricket. So yeah, I I agree with y'all so deeply. You're so correct. But I think we have to contend with the reality that <laughs> the motherfuckers in mass love negativity, son. Yeah. <laughs> they love fighting, the bloom. Yeah, mm -hmm. fighting reaches people more than when you're like, oh, look, good things. Mm -hmm. Like people want people fight, like it's easy to get people to fight. Mm -hmm. uh it's it's like uh yeah. saying something went good you don't hear that on the news oh you know and today we had no problems yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Not that's not news the right. minute somebody says yeah. if a person right now if any organizer any activist any advocate goes to try to celebrate something good you know what they're gonna say you're fucking centering yourself what the fuck look yeah. at these fucking what about all the other excited stuff? about their little fucking thing when all this working da -da 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 -da. negative negative i remember yo when i when i got the Riker when i went upon the rikers rally bro i single like i got the rikers rally got it where we could get funding to get buses funded to take people to this rally this is the next thing and i remember motherfuckers that call up activists in a bio that they never fucking breathed the direction of doing no work no nothing blah blah, blah. i was like oh 
well, blah, 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 some disorganization or this thing. Oh, maybe this would be cool if this organization um, wasn't was, was for the closed records campaign or some shit. And I'm like, yo, you motherfuckers, do you know what goes in, like, trying to do something to get something accomplished? Like, you will run on and complain to the point to do nothing. I, I, I remember just being like, mm-hmm. bro, do you know what I had to actually go through to actually... Mm-hmm do this like to you That's know I'm a, I'm, like, I'm a broke ass public defender living in a motherfucking fucking basement you know yeah. everybody everybody i live in a city where everybody and their mama know i'm the number one talking shit on the mayor all nypd everybody know me i got smoke by on my ass at 24 7 and i managed to get where i could get some buses to take hundreds of people to rikers to go protest something yeah. or whatever and you talking shit from the fucking yeah, and that's what I realized. Like, yo, you you gotta just recognize a lot of people the world we're in, how it is with engagement, how it is with negativity and all this stuff. People look at things and they look for a way to have mm-hmm. something. They literally look at it and they think, "How can I make that spin?" And I know it because every time Eric Adams breathes, that's what I think. So I get it. <laughs> like I'm like Eric Adams breathes, and I'd be oh, like, "How the fuck? I what? How? God damn it!" So I just think so- you know, there's that. <laughs> There's that. So, so yeah, you've got you've got those people. I mean, those people outnumber the people who are uh, speaking. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you know, they take most of the space. Yeah. They speak the loudest. Yeah, but like everybody else gets demotivated when all we all they hear all about see- is the negativity, and they don't see any win. I I've like been around leftist uh, politics. I started with Bernie be yeah. honest yeah in 2016 and there was this demotivation that i saw in people that we lost what's the point and the truth is that's not true we didn't lose we now have the largest number of progressives in congress that we've ever had and that's because of bernie like because he started it and then it kind of took off and then we started having more and more uh congressional members Mm-hmm. run for office and seeing oh it's possible to run a grassroots effort uh campaign yeah so so yeah and like again your successes aren't uh like we usually look at the negativity more i guess yeah. that's human yeah because it affects us worse like we're not going to be affected by something good that happened somewhere else but we might be affected by something bad that happened somewhere else so we're always worried we're always uh chasing it and you're right and you're right and you're absolutely correct and that listen you're right I mean, we should be we're gonna try to figure out ways to magnify more of these positive, these it's, positive it, ways. it's not really to to magnify it i think that we should use it strategically to say that we're actually not losing no all these times that we fought we fought it you said I, something on I the leftist think... mafia rebecca said something on the leftist mafia she said that you know, I'm fighting, I'm doing this stuff today, and my ancestors did what they did before, and they didn't know that we're going to be here today. And I'm doing, I'm doing this today, and I don't know what the future is. And, like, for us, we're actually doing stuff, and you, like Rikers Island, you did stuff and you saw it in your lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, it works. It's yeah. just that we have to stay at the course like it yeah. works and and, and the, show it and some people could be just it, it, you're right but it's burnout is real especially with yeah. everything going on yeah. so we'll just i mean for, yeah. for some people they can take it ole is somebody i i mean i'm sure that there are days that there are burnout but her 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 drive and passion for the advocacy and 
in, in, rather than being um, digitally over on Twitter or taking somebody else's thoughts, she has her own and she actually puts um, the work in. Um, but some people don't want to do the work. That's why her call to action um, uh, write-ups don't get as much love. But she's one. Mm-hmm. She's one person. She's one of one. One of none. They yeah. get love, mind you. Okay. They just don't get as much love as as as. But, but yes, thank you, Walid. <laughs> Thank I you just so want to much. say one more thing. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. It's it's about this um, this thing about uh, that the previous speaker was talking about about how uh, white men and all that stuff that you were. I don't know if you heard about it or not, but it was about that the left doesn't create a space for white men on the right. They have like Jordan Peterson, Ben Shapiro, a lot of other people that. Uh, what's his name, Joe Rogan, that they start giving advice to what men should be. And the thing is, those guys are successful because the people they're targeting are basically people who are lost. Mm -hmm. And the problem with that is those people vote. Mm -hmm. So if if we just like... Be back to this we again. <laughs> I thought I addressed this we. Well, I, I'm talking about leftists. That's yeah, no, yeah. She's not, she's not yeah, here. that's that's what I mean by yeah. You. No, I hear you. I just think like the thing that we're discussing, we keep discussing a specific a specific community's problem, and then we keep making it a we. Like, why do we this mindset of like why does the white man's plight? why we think is is everybody's problem? Like, let's be 190 because it is. Bro, because have, have, the white man votes. There are tons of oh yes, okay. You know how many you other know? people have played and things we have to address and things to deal with communally. There are tons of. There are literally the majority of every space is white. The majority of commentators, right. the majority of politicians, the majority is this. There are white. There are white people. There are space for white people. There are white uh, commentators all allowed to gravitate towards to on the left. They are where they want to be. They are where they want to be. This level of. Of 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 just acting, there there's all these lost lambs. So, there is one successful model, at, well, two actually. Mm-hmm. There's one, like the Bernie approach. He said the working class. He took out the the thing from it, mm-hmm. like the race card out of it. So he left no space for people who are thinking about their problems to like. But one of the things the Democrats get blamed for is that they always want to center like black people. And what about us? That's in the mentality of a right winger, right? Uh-huh. They don't consider that, uh, you know, mm-hmm. someone else has a priority over them, you know, as a person. Yep. That's how people think selfishly. And the thing is, uh, the, the like, t- talking about working class issues and also another um, successful mm-hmm. uh, uh, approach is that I don't know if you I think you do you have heard about it the poor people's movement mm-hmm. uh, Waleed Waleed you Robert know it's one it's one we want to move on to this last caller before I can let people wrap up so oh, if you want to land this plane go ahead and land yeah, this plane okay. for me love okay so so like if we uh, the left mm. uh, focus hardly on the issue that it's a system of exploitation and issue. Oh, the, the, we're, we have a lot of like, um, Oh my Lord. Sorry. It's 
No, no, no. I hear you. I hear you. Listen, yeah, listen, all these, my love. You know, at the end of the day, here's the thing. All of these perceived white man plights, even if I wanted to recognize them as legitimate, like I discussed earlier um, tonight, the the least desired, the least, the least statistically least desired group is is the black woman, and let alone the educated black woman. Even more. that's actually you. reality. I don't got no time to be worried about the goddamn white man who is literally in a far better, more superior position. Nobody is more likely to snatch up a bitch and go get married and have a good life and outlive all of us than the white man. You're like, let's get the fuck about here like that you know i hear yeah. you i respect it i love it this is some scholarship for some other people mm-hmm. but this is why i keep saying it's important to take things to the right table you got to go take all these white people shit to the white people's table they have they have time for that i have too much stuff on my black people table well so love yeah, this okay. but i gotta I my understand. next caller okay bye Waleed. thank you boo thank you too. Uh, there we go uh there we go Callie. can you hear me Yes, I think you were my last caller, and then I'm gonna let people be free. <laughs> um, not to uh, talk about this topic to death, but um, <laughs> if you say <laughs> the white man's plight, I swear to you, I would jump from no, my. No, no, I, I don't agree with the last caller about that. I just want to say, um, <laughs> as a biracial person, not that that matters Whoa. at all. <laughs> 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 oh, oh my god! Sorry. <laughs> Yo, the beige people will not let up tonight. No, Drake is my the idol. Drake, my the Drake. Leave him alone. Yeah, man. Okay, come here, my love. Come I here. Come. Yeah. Six with my wolves. Um. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, yes. I do think like poor working class white people, like mm-hmm. people, just like look at look at them and just say like, use your skin. <laughs> and uh yeah. and like i guess there could that could be frustrating when like you're mm-hmm. poor and you just don't have the advantages and shit yeah but like a, a lot of like white leftists do this and it's just they don't they don't want to recognize any of the nuances that like other marginalized peoples go through they want to tie everything back to class and like yeah they intersect in different ways but yeah i i just don't mm-hmm. yeah i just don't I don't want to be rambling about it. Yeah. No, you. No, I get it. I get what you're saying. You're right. You're right. I mean, mm. this is what I, I mean. Ultimately, y'all, they're all like getting back to the roundabout thing of what I said from the beginning. We have we have an obligation to educate white people to on on the fact that this system impacts that hurts them too. We have to show them how whiteness, like exactly what you were just saying. Oh, you know, people being that I'm like, oh, use your skin. Teaching like this construct. This idea, you know, harms you as well. You see, it, it it slights your own reality and it's not recognizing how you are actually being impoverished and being subjugated too because of, again, capitalism, which is why I said I do think we have an obligation to not ever divorce capitalism from um, what it is we are we are um, teaching in scholarship, which is why I, I personally feel like I have to become uh, better versed in that. So, yeah, ultimately, yeah, I do. I, th- I do think we have to we have, we have to do that. But as far as me sitting up, you know, individually talking about the white man's burden and la 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 da 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 da. Listen, there are a lot of people on this earth, a lot of people to talk about a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, and there's a whole <laughs> lot of white people that want to talk about what white people are going through, and it ain't me, baby. <laughs> it's never gonna be me. <laughs> so, anything else for us, Callie? Um, just on a lighter note, like, what is something like non-political you do to like de-stress? Mm. You didn't watch the Let This Mafia? Right. <laughs> I did though. Like, do you like you watch reality TV or Jerry Springer or Smoke? <laughs> 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 That's how we all deal with trauma. 
Now who's saying you crazy as fuck if you think I'm picking on you at one in the morning? Nigga, please. Ain't no motherfucking way who's saying you listen, you you fucking wish. <laughs> you fucking wish who's saying ain't no fucking way. I'm gonna say this next episode. I had originally intended to only answer a few questions and like we were supposed to talk about a whole bunch of bullshit, but instead I ended up taking everybody's questions. Next episode, I'm not going to do that. We're going to talk about topics, da da da. I'm going to have a structure to it, but let's just consider this the first time. Got our feet wet on to everybody. Hussein, Hussein, good night. Hussein, pull up, pull up next show, but don't, yeah, don't next, next come show, Hussein. You should probably get a different account, name yourself something else so that I don't know. Because if I see you and if I see you said and I see this pool, I, I will <laughs> never click on you again. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rebecca, for coming. Y'all, please follow my girl. Follow her at Rebecca Azor on Twitter and The Songstress on Instagram. Watch her show, The Like It or Not Show on YouTube. My girl is brilliant. She is amazing. And if y'all are ever wondering who is my legitimate friend in this media commentator space, this is the one. This is my one <laughs> homie. <laughs> oh, like, thank you. Listen, I, I thank you for having me on tonight. I know it was a long night, but I wouldn't have done it. Let me tell you something. I wouldn't have done it. Okay. <laughs> but I was going to do it for you. And I'm happy that you are opening this space up because people need to hear you in your own, like outside of politics. I know tonight was a really, um, everybody had a great, they wanted to pick your brain because you are brilliant. But in this next one, I know that you are outside of that. I want people to see you in your, just you being you. And I know that's what you're going to give on this platform. Tea time. Yes. With Ole. 